Ladies and gentlemen, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are in the world and whenever you are tuning into this video. My name is James Porcelli. And I'm Brian Thomas. And welcome to another episode of Rootless Talk. And ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to uh, Brian is yeah, back, guys. Absolutely. Welcome back. Let's give him a round of applause for Brian Thomas. Brian, it is good to have you back, my man. How have you been, bro? I, I feel like yeah. I don't say that enough on this platform. How are you? No, no, doing good, man. Um, yeah, just uh, kind of last week was finishing up, you know, the end of the school year with my daughter and, and stepkids and, uh, well, stepson mostly. Um, and, yeah, so just getting getting into summer now, man. There you <laughs> so, go. It is officially summer. That's right. Like yeah. we just – we talked about this kind of before we started here. It was like it's already halfway through 2023. It's just like, again, time is just – freaking flying by man it's insane sure. but but it is great to finally have you back brian i know it's been a it's been a minute since i think it's been what about about a week or so since you the last yeah, time you were on yeah, here probably like the last three shows or so or three or like four that, shows yeah. but hey you're here you're here and that's all that matters so <laughs> but it's great to have you back here man and i know you have a lot to say in regards to what's been going on over the past uh several weeks several days in regards to the wwe you know of course in regards to you know episodes that uh that i have published going solo over the past several days so i know you got a lot to say in regards to that but we're going to save that for smackdown when we cover Absolutely. that on saturday so we'll yeah. so make sure you all of you guys stay tuned for that when the time comes but today we are talking nxt as well as AEW and AEW dynamite as we have a forbidden door show that is coming up i believe next week that is the first thing i'm going to mention before i get into nxt i'm going to be straight up honest with everybody listen <laughs> i will probably listen if there's nothing else for me to really watch on that night and i got nothing to do and i'm just chilling at my house i'm like all right fin fin forbidden doors on let me watch it but I highly doubt, guys, you're going to get a review show for that episode. I'm going to be completely honest with you. That's right, no shade right. to people who love freaking, you know, New Japan and AEW. Listen, we're, I'm sure, Brian, if you have the time on your hands as well as I do, I'll, we'll probably watch the show. We'll talk about it in a future episode in, in regards to if there was anything interesting, if that makes sense. But, guys, listen, are sure, there sure. great matchups? Sure. Are there dream matches? Okay. That's the eye of the beholder, to be honest with you. But is there anything that's really suspenseful? No. Guys, that, that Forbidden Door, and, it, and if it even was last year, man, it's just a show to just fill up a card full of dream matches and, and yeah. call it a pay-per-view. That, that's all it is, man. And it's just, it, to me, Brian, it's not worth the freaking good and the bad and the ugly. It's just not worth the review. If that makes no, people upset really and want to and want to freaking cry about it, then they can just go straight ahead. Uh, for a few, like, again, for a future episode, if something did happen in the show, we'll talk about it maybe on a future Dynamite review show or whatever the case may be. But, guys, I just want to give that clarification up. This That that does not even begin to even, you know, waste our time in freaking covering a, a review show or good and the bad and the ugly. So if you guys are expecting that, guys you know cross that off your calendar because it ain't happening jack i'm so i'm just i'm i'm sorry yeah. man i'm I'm just I'm, I'm sorry for everybody for that or expecting I that I could, but i could probably speak for you as well like you know while dream matches are great and yes they're gonna be 
you know, you're going to get your wow, oh my God, holy shit moments for sure. Yeah. But I think both you and I come from the, as far as looking at wrestling, we're much more interested and invested in the storytelling aspect than just having a great fucking match. Yeah, exactly. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it, it's, yeah, it's going to be, yes, dream matches all over the place. And, but there's no story. It, it's a one off match. Um, you know, some of, you know, like, Osprey and Omega, yes, they have like a story going back years, but it's not a, it's just not storyline driven. It's just not. Absolutely not. And if these were storyline driven, then frick, then fricking amen. This is, this conversation is completely fricking different, but unfortunately that's all it is. I mean, you saw that on dynamite last night. I mean, all they did was just fill up the card. You had jungle boy call out some, you know, the, whoever the IWGP world heavyweight, champion is to be honest with you guys i don't know and i just don't want to bother to even freaking care um you had mjf and tanahashi set up a match brian danielson setting up a match as well you have kenny omega and osprey again all sound great matches but that's just all they're gonna be is just great matches are we gonna watch it sure we'll watch it if there's nothing else to better to watch (laughs) but I'll be watching baseball, to be honest. Watching Sunday night baseball, right. Again, and and this is and this is and that's actually a great point. I'm glad you brought that up, Ryan, about because we I know we've always talked about on this platform about the competition that professional wrestling has. You know, people or fans like to make the excuse about freaking baseball games and freaking football games and whatever the hell that it whatever it is, you know, presidential speeches or whatever. But yeah, obviously the goal. And realistically, it, it's they're not going to beat these organizations, right? They're not going to beat these companies, but it's willing, it's having the creativity to put your best front foot forward and to put on a creative, fun freaking show, you know? And you're not, and I'm sorry, guy, and I don't blame you, Brian, for wanting to watch Sunday night freaking baseball this coming, uh, this coming Sunday or next Sunday as opposed to this wrestling show. Because, yeah, you're going to see great wrestling matches, but guess what? I can see these same exact wrestling matches in a local bingo hall here in Charlotte, North Carolina. It's going to be no freaking different. So, and, you know, it's and it's a shame, too, because, I mean, like, Tanahashi and MJF, I mean, that sounds fun. You know, freaking even well Spray and freaking Kenny Omega. I, I mean, they're having a, some sort of a, a part, yeah. yeah, a part two of a match. I mean, if you want to build, a, again, a story, Within these two, and Will Offspray has the potential to do so. We've seen him on Dynamite Television. There's something there. I I completely acknowledge that. But if they're not, you know, gonna even care to even put any any effort of a story, then then why should I care? You know, yeah. and that's why people are tuning in to freaking to freaking baseball. Not because it's an excuse for people not to watch. It's because the company is not doing what you know to attract casual fans to watch the show. So, and the so fact yeah, that you have to pay what $50, $60 to watch it. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, so like, what are you, so what are you going to watch? Are you going to watch a Sunday night? Are, are, are sports fans going to watch a Sunday night baseball game for free? Or are they just going to yeah. watch a freaking just a, a decent wrestling card, a match card that you have to pay 50, $60 for, you know, yeah. you just pick your poison. I don't know. So, so yeah, guys, I just want to make that clear. Like forbidden door, a good and bad and the ugly. Is it going to happen? Cause I've had people reach out to me saying it's going to happen. Guys, it's not going to happen. Um, I'm sorry. It, it's just yeah. not worth the review. 
it's just not worth my time. And it's not even worth Brian's time either. Cause again, guys, we're very busy people. We do, we do a lot of shit outside of this, outside of this podcast and to, to do a review for just great wrestling matches. Come on, man, just enough. But, yeah. uh, but if there's stuff that does happen, then maybe we'll talk yeah, about it. it you know? we'll, oh yeah. We'll mention it. We'll mention it maybe in a dynamite show to see, you know, we'll probably mention it on the, the dynamite after forbidden door for that Wednesday. If anything, was intriguing besides a good match, a good wrestling match, but, uh, but we'll get to that when the time comes, but before we get into dynamite itself, um, let's go over NXT. Um, and I know the big thing, Brian, that people are talking about as of right now, and that is Seth Rollins is Seth Rollins, your world heavyweight champion from the main roster accepted a challenge from Braun breaker. That's right, guys, Braun breaker, the same Braun breaker that, we thought was going to be making his main roster debut and seems like he's going to be sticking around NXT for the next month or two. So, but Seth Rollins accepted an open challenge. So he will be defending his world heavyweight championship against Braun Breaker, not on Monday night raw, not at a pay-per-view, but on NXT next week. Very weird. <laughs> yep. um, listen, will it be a good match? Yeah. Is it is it pay-per-view worthy? Absolutely. But that's what this match should be on a pay-per-view. Mm-hmm. Why do we have the notion? And there's a lot of the... And there's one particular match in this Dynamite show that is pretty much in the same discussion as this about why in the actual fuck... Are we wasting these matches on a random dynamite show or a random NXT show? You know, it just doesn't make any sense to me at all. You're just, and it's, and Braun Breaker, think about this too. It's like Braun Breaker, I mean, I get it. He's already debuted on the main roster before in the past as a babyface, but now this is a, I guess you can say, a new, revamped Braun Breaker, this heel persona that's been doing very well, by the way. And now you have your world champion because he needs to be an honorable champion. He needs to be a workhorse, right? It's the workhorse title. No bullshit. That's the Intercontinental Championship, you freaking schmucks. (laughs) They want to just call it a a workhorse championship just to blow smoke up everyone's ass and and freaking pull the wool over everyone's eyes because, you know, people knew how sick and tired people were getting with Roman Reigns' title reign and how he doesn't show up to work and, and et cetera, et cetera, right? So... And it's no different, like I always say, when he held the United States Championship. Okay, he's going to defend the title pretty much almost every week or if not every other week. But what is that doing? (laughs) Like, what is it doing for Rollins? And what is it doing for Braun Breaker that he's already, he's losing on a random NXT show when he's already involved in another storyline with Ilya Dragunov? So again, guys, and that's the thing too. And I mentioned this Two weeks ago, when Brian, when you were on here last, when we talked about Baron Corbin, Mustafa Ali, as it is official, Baron Corbin is going to be challenging uh, Carmelo Hayes for that NXT championship. And then Mustafa Ali, he's doing his shtick with Wesley and Joe Gacy with the North American championship. And and, and my, my question was, what is NXT? You know, is this a developmental system? Is this a developmental brand? Is this a brand of its own? Or is this just a a place for main roster talents just to, to, to show up and to have a reboot to go back to the main roster and do what just to be relevant for a couple of months. Like what is the change? Like what is the end goal 
for people like Baron Corbin, for people like Mustafa Ali, for like for a Dana Brooke, for a Los Lotharios, freaking what are their names? Uh, freaking uh, Garza and freaking Korea or Humberto Korea, whatever the frick his name is. Right, That's how right. irrelevant he is, guys. I can't even freaking pronounce his freaking last name right. Um, but yeah, it's just. It's just weird. And and to be honest with you, Brian, yeah, sure, it could be it could be helping the main roster talent. But what about these NXT prospects, these NXT right. talents? It's just like like Carmelo Hayes debuted pretty much on the Sma- on SmackDown this past Friday because Baron Corbin was in a money in the bank qualifying match. He's losing in two minutes. Oh, but don't worry, guys, he's gonna be relevant. He's gonna put on a what, a 10, 15 plus minute match with freaking Carmelo Hayes. And I'm like, so Again, what are we doing with Corbin? Are we pushing him? Or are we making him look like a clown? What the fuck is it? it? It doesn't, and it's diminishing Carmelo Hayes in the process because he technically made his first main roster appearance this past Friday. And it sure. just ends so abruptly. They have a quick little exchange. Officials are, are, are separating the two and it's, and that's, that's it. That's your that's your first glimpse of freaking Carmelo Hayes. Because, guys, I always like to say this, especially when it comes to debuts or even returns. First impressions matter. They always freaking matter. And, and to, to, to debut these people, to return these people in the most lackluster way, it's just so freaking – it's mind-boggling and it's just ridiculous. But, Brian, I'm going to send the floor off to you, my man. Your thoughts about NXT right now. And your thoughts right now about Seth and Seth Rollins accepting Braun Breaker's challenge and and defending his title against Braun Breaker next week for the World Heavyweight title. Yeah, I kind of am in agreement with you. I mean, it just feels backwards. Um, if if you want to have a match between Braun and Rollins, okay, cool. I, I mean, I, I'll get into my Braun Breaker thing here in a minute, but it should be up on Monday Night Raw, not Rollins coming back to NXT. Like... You know, Breaker is ready. He's been ready. Um, And just with his character overall, like, you know, does he need to immediately go challenge for the world title? No. No. Um, Because here's the thing. Like, I I don't think he's beating Rollins. Um, No. And especially if Rollins is going back, he's not losing the world title on fucking NXT. So already, so Breaker has a loss to Rollins. Like, what you have in, in Breaker, and I'm not a fan of the Goldberg character, but you have something very, very similar in Breaker, where you can, although I, I feel Breaker is is much more talented in-ring, um, definitely just just by being the son of Scott Steiner and the, and the nephew of Rick Steiner, um, the knowledge and and just understanding of the wrestling business i i'm sure he has in spades over bill goldberg um so you know i i would i would book him in some sort of way like to you know run through a bunch of people sure you know build build his his momentum his star his whatever on the main roster um and then go after titles you know, I, I just don't know why um, the, the guy can, can clearly be a star and, and you could make the argument he is a star now. Um, but I just wonder what, what WWE is doing to, because you always got to be thinking of the, the next generation of wrestlers coming up and 
you know, I was thinking about this with Braun, whether you have him face Rollins or or even, you know, way, way down the road um, of Roman Reigns um, and tying into that story. Like, do you go with Roman Reigns as like, you know, the sentimental, you know, kind of story driven line where maybe it's a Jay or Jimmy Uso or, or, or whatever like that? Or do you take that to have this champion where you now have this young star in Braun Breaker and it's going to take time. And as Roman Reigns has mentioned, he's not planning on losing anytime soon. So do you take that opportunity to really make Braun Breaker or somebody of that caliber, that next generation of superstar, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Cause right now I don't see that many in WWE that are going to, there's some, there's a few in NXT that I'm liking, you know, for sure. Mm-hmm. Which brings me kind of to my next point with like um, Dragonov and and Baron Corbin. This is an opportunity. Like you got to put Dragonov over here, man. Like, dude. Like he 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 got the win over Dijak at the last pay per view, or was it the pay per view, or was it just yeah? NXT? It's a pay per view. It was yeah, a battleground NXT battleground. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and now you have him losing to Corbin. Um, yeah, to me, like. As harsh as it may sound, like Corbin's had his shot. Like it's not, it's not Dragonov's responsibility to get Corbin over. Mm-hmm. Corbin is exactly. a spot is in the position Exa- now. Exactly, Dragonov. Yes, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so because Dragonov to me, man, I know in wrestling circles this is a <laughs> nobody wants to speak his name, but man, Crippler Chris Benoit, man, like just the intensity, the the. I don't know. A lot of similarities in Dragunov, man. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, that, again, it's, it's just confusing. Like, what are, are you using this to, to get Baron Corbin over again? Or yeah. you have this guy in Dragunov that is has done really, really good shit over the past, you know, two, four, six months. <laughs> like, he's the one that needs to be building his star, not Corbin sorry yeah you know i, I just yeah uh, so i don't know i mean that, that that's how i feel about those two in particular and like uh, you know i do see star potential in a lot of people in nxt dragon off being one die jack uh Braun breaker obviously um but yeah it seems like that even you know wesley is i mean he's, he's not really my cup of tea his style but he's fucking good Mm-hmm. Um, but now you have him back with like, you know, are, are you trying to get Mustafa Ali over now or get Wesley over? And, and, um, what's the other guys with? I'm sorry. I can't think Joe of Joe Gacy. Joe, Joe Gacy. No, not, well, Joe Gacy, but, uh, Oh, Tyler Bate. Tyler, Tyler Bate. Bate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's the confusing part with NXT right now. Like bringing all these main roster people back down. Um, in my opinion, you got to put the younger talent over to make them yeah. stars. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, no. And, and, and I love what you said earlier about like, you know, it's not, it shouldn't be dragging off these guys on NXT having to put in the work to put over Corbin just to make him freaking relevant. That's a great way right. to, to really, to really make the case out of all of this, right? These, and this is what I mean about what is this doing for NXT and these prospects? Sure. Because now they have to, these wrestlers now have to go out of their way 
to put these guys over what? Because the main roster fucked them up so badly to where now they have to come over to a developmental system. Again, those are Triple H's words, not us. To, right. to, to put these guys over? Like, guys, that's bullshit, man. You know? And again, I know, and I don't want to sound like a, hypoc a hypocrite, Brian, because I did mention about, well, maybe the only way you can help Baron Corbin is to bring him back to NXT. But here's the problem. Number one, he's already in a title picture, just straight yeah, out of yeah. the jump. Like, again, what does that say for people like Jack and Dragunov? To me, for Dragunov right now, like, I think his next step should be for that title picture, as well as, as Jack. One of the two needs to be challenging freaking Carmelo Hayes for that NXT championship sure. for the next big pay-per-view. I mean, that's it's just wrestling freaking 101. I mean, it doesn't take a freaking rocket scientist to see that match that those two put on and it's like okay the winner of that they get that freaking title opportunity because that performance was so damn good and everything leading up to that match was so damn good let's yep. continue that momentum with a title freaking opportunity if you want to include baron corbin in nxt then that's fine but just make it in a way where yes you want to make him relevant you want to help out his character development but at the same time you're not harming the potential, well, not really the potential, but the, the momentum and the development of these NXT talents right, at the right. same time. Throwing Baron Corbin just to give him a title match, he's going to probably lose the title because, guys, I mean, Baron Corbin winning the NXT title, like, guys, what, what, what the fuck are we doing? Yeah. He's going to lose that just to, again, go back to the main roster and do what? Now, unless there's plans for Baron Corbin to reinvent that character, then... Okay, but still, to me, Brian, they've already botched it because they, he's already being put in this title picture for no freaking reason at all. Um, yeah. And I kind of feel – I do feel bad for Dragunov because, yeah, he did take a loss to Corbin. While at the same time, he's also trying to tell a story with Braun Breaker. And here's Braun Breaker challenging for the World Heavyweight title while he's still technically in NXT. And, guys, you see how the, a mess this is? How none of this shit makes any freaking sense. It, it just, you know, again, what is NXT? I don't know what NXT is really anymore. And, and I think that that's we, the bad rap that like, it's been. Yeah, go ahead, like, Brian. Go ahead. Just been, you know, praising them for, you know, like they've been the most consistent show. And then they yeah. go and take, you know, what I don't know, five, six, seven main roster stars and send them back down to NXT. And it's just all a clusterfuck now. <laughs> like, I don't know, man. Yeah, it, it's. N nothing everything is just so weird it, it's just it's a circus you know you ever go to yeah. a circus guys you ever you know you see the clowns you see the freaking gymnastics and the freaking play that that's what this is right now you're seeing freaking oh here comes freaking baron corbin now here comes freaking mustafa ali oh let's add more people los lotharios in there now it's just a freaking clusterfuck of yeah. whatever the hell nxt is right now yeah. um and and it's a shame because it's really overshadowed a lot of some decent stuff, I want to say, and that includes, you know, Tony D'Angelo and Stax and this whole, you know, freaking shtick that that got going on. It looks like with Gallus, you know, your tag champions, it looks like, you know, Tony D'Angelo, they're trying to find, you know, the culprit of who ratted him out and put him in jail. I like that. I like that shit. You know, they're getting away from the ring. They're getting away from the arena. They're freaking, you know, freaking Stax and Tony D'Angelo. They're calling from They're calling each other in a jail cell. <laughs> right it's just freaking I, I think it's pretty freaking yeah, awesome um sure. and it's freaking creative it's thinking outside the box you know i, I freaking like that i i really really do um so you got that stuff going on you got tiffany stratton 
Um, it seems like she's going to be challenging uh, Thea Hale from Chase University, which I don't mind as a, a um, as a first opponent for Tiffany Stratton. You know, it's nothing like freaking Mustafa Ali winning the Intercontinental Championship Battle Royal because that, that right. dude has just been jobbing out to freaking everybody. At least freaking her, as well as Chase University, has been in, you know, relevant shit. You know, people right. like with Schism and freaking others to where doesn't do that much harm to them. Yeah, sure. They might be, they might not be the top dogs of the, of the NXT brand, but they're still in a place where eh, they're interesting. I, I want to see what yeah. they want to do moving forward, you know, right, right. and that's, yep. and that's the difference. So, you know, you know, Tiffany Stratton and her first opponent with Thea Hale, again, I hope I'm pronouncing her name, right. Um, yeah, don't mind it at all. You know, especially, I mean, because people are saying, oh, like, why, like, where's Cora Jade and where's freaking, like, guys, like, Cora Jade is going to get her opportunity. I'm sure as hell Cora Jade at some point down the road is going to get a world championship opportunity. But, guys, the timing has to be right. Like, to me, Cora Jade is just, she's getting better. She's gotten a lot better ever since she was that baby face, whatever that skater character was. Right. But and now she's kind of coming into her own. But to me, she's still not ready yet. Right. She's th she's getting there, but she's not there yet. And trust me, guys, she will get there. She's not going to face another heel in Tiffany Stratton in her first championship freaking defense. It doesn't make any sense. Right, so right. it's it just and same with Roxanne Perez, like Roxanne Perez. You know, she doesn't need to be in that in that title picture right now. Do her shtick with freaking Blair Davenport. You know, and, and that whole feud, it looks like it seems to seems to be taken off a little bit. Blair Davenport was, you know, revealed as this masked mystery person who's been attacking people backstage and whatnot. So, mm -hmm. but yeah, so outside of this whole main roster freaking circus that's going on, there's still, you know, you still see that consistency. But that's yeah. the problem. It's being overshadowed by people like Baron Corbin and Mustafa Ali and fans are just like okay what are we what what are we doing here you know yeah so before we get into dynamite and stuff brian your final thoughts in regards to all that yeah i kind of feel the same way as you man um just uh you know uh, to close it up i mean i see a lot of potential talent down there i really really do um and you know i i, I don't know i mean yeah baron corbin i, I think you know <sighs> It's just, it's that double-edged short. Like, okay, you could use him against Carmelo Hayes to make Carmelo Hayes look good, which I think Corbin can do that. He's proven he can make people look good in the ring and whatever. But I don't know why, like, he doesn't have to do do it at the expense of Dragunov. So no. that's, where, that's where it gets me. And, yeah, he, again, it, it seems like they're bringing back these, you know, main roster stars and really... They're inserting them into title pictures, and I guess the the reason why is just because hey, we're here now, we're main roster stars, so we mm -hmm. get a title shot. <laughs> like, all right, yep. exactly, so, yeah, yeah. It's... I mean, ultimately, I think good shit will, will come out. Like, I mean, Braun Breaker is gonna wind up doing his thing. Dragging off and die, Jack. Man, I, I really hope. If WWE gives them free reign, I think they'll do great. I, I, I think if it's left up to them, mm -hmm. they'll they'll flourish. Absolutely. If it comes to like storyline and character and WWE is just fucking with shit, well, you're gonna get fucking T bar. 
So, you know, I don't know. Right. Yeah. No, no, absolutely. Um, But yeah, that's the main, the main thing with Seth and Braun is just like, I mean, because you, you'd think, you think Seth and Braun, right? What they got going on, like that potentially down the road could be fun. I always say this about a lot of matches that for some freaking odd reason, both of these companies, WWE and AEW, they just throw in the middle of their shows. And I'm like, why are we wasting this man? Like Kevin, Kevin Owens and Gunther just a couple weeks ago was a perfect example. It's like, why are we just wasting that? Cause then they're going to have the match again sometime down the road. And we're just going to be like, wait a minute. Didn't we just see them wrestle like the first time? Like, so where's the suspense of these two being in the ring? You know, freaking yeah. imagine if freaking <laughs> imagine if Hulk Hogan and Andre, the giant faced off against one another, like five different times before they faced off at WrestleMania at WrestleMania three or whatever. Right. It right. just does it. It makes no sense. Like imagine if stone cold and, and freaking Shawn Michaels faced each other a gazillion freaking times before their match. I believe what was it? WrestleMania 14 or something along um, those lines or something. Third. Yeah. Cause 13 was Bret Hart. Yeah. I think 14. Was it 14? Yeah. yeah if my, if, if my history's done correctly there. Yeah. Like exactly. So ima- like, imagine all of this stuff. Imagine if Daniel Bryan and triple H, at WrestleMania 30, if they were, if they just faced off each other in some type of hell, even a freaking tag, like I wouldn't even take a freaking tag. If it was Daniel Bryan and, and Triple H and they have tag partners. Imagine them competing in the same ring before their big match at the, at WrestleMania. It makes no sense, bro. Right. So that's what I mean. Yeah. Is it going to be good? Yeah, it's going to be good. You know, is Seth Rollins going to retain? Probably. I freaking hope so. Oh, absolutely. Um, <laughs> but but what is it doing for Braun Breaker, man? I don't understand what this is doing for him. He's yeah. going to lose, and then what? Okay, he's going to go right back to – he's just going to resume his freaking feud with uh, with Dragunov. I guess Dragunov is going to play a part in this match, you know, because he pretty much yeah. cost Dragunov an opportunity at the NXT Championship. So now he's going to cost – freaking Braun Breaker this match and Seth Rollins is going to is going to be victorious and that's going to resume their feud but still why did Braun Breaker why does Braun Breaker need to take a loss going resuming this feud it makes no fucking sense especially when you're about to debut him on the main roster you know pretty much in the next month or two come on yeah. man just we it's just this company to me like I don't know if they're just not thinking or they just don't care it, it's just it's just one of the two man um but we can harp for hours about it. But I do want to get to AEW here, so we'll, we'll we'll talk more about NXT next week. As you know, I guess you can say a stacked card. You know, that's what we talk about. Forbidden Door. There's this stacked card of of these wrestling matches, right? You have freaking Seth Rollins and Braun Breaker, and then you have uh, Baron Corbin and Carmelo Hayes for the NXT. I believe it's like one of those weekly pay per view shows. I believe it's called Gold Rush or something, something oh, along yeah. those lines. I'm not. I'm not particularly sure but it's like some type of weekly pay-per-view event next week you guys know how that shit goes with weekly pay-per-view events forget freaking pushing to an actual pay-per-view let's just make up a fucking pay-per-view and try to freaking you know from from in your house right the shit that worked back in the day and just make it as a weekly pay-per-view show freaking in your house and all this freaking halloween havoc right that they've done before in the past it's just guys I- i'm sorry man there- there's a time to th- th- there's a time to have good wrestling but then there's another time where we need to we need to get creative and tell the story and get people captivated for the wrestling. Right. It's just that's just how it goes, man. But we'll talk more about that next week. 
um, in regards to Seth Rollins and Braun Breaker and everyone else involving NXT. Now let's get to Dynamite. Let's get to this freaking to this show. Um, so I know that there's Wembley Stadium, I believe, coming up in I believe like what we're still like what twelve or uh, like what two months away? Like two months away? That is somewhere well over two months is it away. July or August? I can't remember. That's in August. It's I know it's in August. I believe it's like the end of August. So okay. And as we get into this first match here, this is where I just get really. Just get really baffled in regard to that. So what am I talking about? Well, let's just jump straight into the show. Let's dive straight into it. There's a lot to talk about. So let's get into the show. Let's do it. AW Dynamite, June 14th, 2023, live in Washington, D.C. Show starts off hour number one with an eliminator match. Yes, guys, an eliminator match. This was your world heavyweight champion or your AW world champion, MJF versus Adam Cole, baby, in a eliminator match. So again, if you don't know what a elim- eliminator match is, well, it's pretty much just like, you know, in order to get a title opportunity, you have to defeat the champion, you know, because forget actually building the shit to the pay-per-view or to the actual title match. Let's just throw them in a freaking match and just expect it to be that much more special. No, right. we, we got to have a freaking eliminator match. So... MJF versus Adam Cole. Um, however, uh, let me let me let me get a little positive here. I know I started off a little negative, right? Let, let's let's get some positivity coming in here. So the match actually was decent. It, it was a decent freaking match. Again, nothing more, nothing less. Um, freaking MJF is just doing his doing his stuff, man. Freaking, he's counter. He countered a fan in the crowd, and he freaking knocked off someone's cap in the crowd. He's freaking taunting the crowd. He's telling people to shut up. He's complaining to the referee about grabbing the back of his neck. Like, just freaking awesome shit, man. Um, This is, guys, this is the definition of a wrestler. You want to know wrestling? This is wrestling. Go watch everything that MJF fucking does when it comes to taunting the crowd, doing his freaking, you know, showing off his freaking hips, and he's freaking doing the freaking taunting Adam Cole with his fingers up in the air. It's just fucking so good, bro. I, I just, I can't say enough about it. I know I sound like a broken record when it comes to MJF, but it's just the God, it's just the God honest truth, man. The dude just knows how to captivate people and to make people interested. Like, oh shoot, this is funny. Like, I like the way, like he is a character, man. He's not just a wrestler. He's a character. He's a freaking entertainer. He's a freaking performer. Um, so awesome stuff from MJF as the pace was really slowed down because of it, which I like that a lot. Um, you know, MJF starts tuning up the band. He's doing his best freaking Shawn Michaels impression. Cole answers with a super kick. MJF starts bleeding from the mouth. Um, the men continue to go counter for counter. So this is where the technical wrestling, I'm like, okay, you slowed the pace down. Now this is where you get to show off the wrestling. Okay. You know, so, and, and I didn't mind this. No, that, you know, you got Adam Cole and MJF. They're going counter for counter, move for move. MJF hits a tombstone from the ring apron. Uh, MJF gets back into the ring um, or, or sorry, he, he jumps on the top rope and delivers a elbow, a flying elbow through a table um, onto the outside as Cole tries to beat the 10 count. He does. MJF is like furious with the referee. He starts poking him, freaking the ref starts, you know, freaking pushing him back and whatnot. And this is where it got weird. At, le- at least in this moment, it got weird. Adam Cole rolls up MJF. The ref goes for the count. And it seems like, uh, obviously, this was the spot where the referee gets knocked out. Now, I don't know if you caught this, Brian, but he's going for the pin. 
And then as soon as the kickout starts to ensue, it's like he rushes to get back to his original spot where he was supposed to get knocked out. It's like he was on one side of the ring and then he just at the very last second, he tries to he, he tries to get to his spot to where Adam Cole, he was supposed to collide with Adam Cole. It just looked very it was very, very bad, um, just really off. And it was just, you know, I guess it was just the ref not knowing where his positioning need to be. Um, I, that was just really that just that just looked really, really bad there. Um, so the referee's knocked out. So they're doing that whole shtick where the referee's knocked out. Uh, freaking MJF grabs his title. So he's trying to do, you know, MJF doing what MJF does. He's trying to freaking pull out all the stops to pull out a victory. Um, he freaking throws it at Cole. So he does this best Eddie Guerrero shtick and he like flips him off as he's pretending to be knocked out. However, the referee is still not getting, he's still not up to his feet. He actually falls down. So he still doesn't see Adam Cole with the title and freaking, I think the crowd started chanting you effed up or something. MJF is like, oh shit, this is not what I had in plan here. You can tell the look on his face. Um, MJF too, with his facial expressions is freaking awesome. Um, so Adam Cole hits MJF with that freaking title without the referee looking, followed by a boom kick and MJF kicks out of the slow count. So, you know, the referee's back to his feet. He's making the slow count and MJF, uh, kicks out. Um, Cole goes for another boom kick. MJF just falls on his face. So he's kind of selling the fact that he's pretty much just half unconscious at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, MJF low blows Adam Cole. He was like kind of blindsides the ref where he's low blowing and he doesn't see, he doesn't, you know, the referee can't see him low blowing, uh, Adam Cole there. I think he like, he like kicked him from behind. Like he's in front of the referees, like holding his shoulders to where he can't see it. Um, so he low blows him. He goes for the diamond ring. He pulls out his, his diamond, his diamond ring or whatever referee stops him. He's like, he stops him. He holds his arm up. Cole takes advantage with a super kick followed by another boom kick, a running knee to the back of the head. Adam Cole goes for the cover, but the time expires as the match ends in a draw, a 30-minute draw. There was a 30-minute time limit for this match. Um, So uh, Adam Cole post-match says he wants five more minutes with MGF. MGF's like, nah, I'm good. He smirks and he just rolls underneath the ring ropes. He's like, nah, buddy, I'm good. And he leaves with his beautiful title, walks up the rampway, and that is it. So your first 30 minutes of the show was dedicated to this Eliminator match um, in this first hour. So I'll uh, I'll get to my thoughts in a second. But Brian, this that this was a long first 30 minutes of the show. So Brian, I'll let you I'll let you get started. Your thoughts on this Eliminator match between Adam Cole and MJF? Man, I, I thought the match was fucking fantastic. Like it really was. I just I don't. I, I'm with you. Like a, a fucking Eliminator match. Like first of all, this isn't the first time they've done that. Like, stop with that shit. First, yeah, of all. Like, yeah. If you're gonna give a person a title shot, give them the fucking title shot. Like, mm-hmm. enough with this. Well, you got to beat the champion to get like, no, stop it. Exactly. Um, mm-hmm. And then that that being said, like, yeah, I mean, what what have we had? Like, maybe a two week kind of build to this match. Um. Actually, not even yeah. two weeks, like a week. <laughs> they had a promo last week. It was, no, it was, yeah, last week they had the promo, that, the back and forth, okay. and now here we are having the match. Yeah, okay. exactly. Yeah. It's only one week, so that makes it even worse. Um, <laughs> exactly. Because, yes, mm-hmm. this could be built to a pay-per-view. Um, and, I mean, God, the, the match, look, MJF, I, I understand everybody has their own opinion. You could say Roman Reigns. You could say Cody Rhodes. You could say fucking anybody, whoever your heart desires. 
MJF is the best professional wrestler in the fucking world. Like, he just is, man. He's I, up I'm there. I'm going to go through some stuff just in this match alone. And, mm-hmm. again, it's just about, like, slowing the match down and the, the crowd engagement. Um, dude, in this match, he he did the Adam Cole shtick, the yep. Shawn Michaels shtick, shtick, the Ric Flair shtick, the Rick Rude shtick. Rick Rude, yeah. Um, yeah. Um, dude, I forgot to mention that too, elbow, yeah. The flying elbow he hit from the top rope. Mm-hmm. Granted, the setup wasn't as smooth as Macho Man, but the fucking delivery, holy shit, man. That was fucking mm-hmm. beautiful. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, he just nailed it. Um, even down to his, his trunks and his boots. Um, it just, go back and look at some old Ric Flair shit, man, and look at his trunks, and you see, like, MJF written on the back of his trunks and down the side of the boots. Go back and look at some old Ric Flair. I mean, there's some more that did that, but Ric Flair was probably the the biggest star that did it. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. So, the dude just gets it, man. I mean, he really, really does. Um, you know, Adam Cole, and oh, and even this, uh, it is the elbow pad. Um, yes, have I have. Movie. I have that. Yeah. Uh huh. Vince, Vince was right. Vince was right. <laughs> Good just, guy. Yeah. 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 Um, and yeah, that little that spot you were talking about. So I'm because it seemed like it's it stemmed from that from that elbow drop um, from the top rope that I don't know. I think something happened to Adam Cole. Hopefully, it's not a serious injury. But you can tell for like the next mm. few minutes. Like they they were talking to the ref and trying. Yeah, to the referee him. was talking to him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I did so see that. I, I don't know what happened there. Um, hopefully, it's nothing serious with Adam Cole, but you know, something. Yeah, something wasn't right. But I mean, beyond that, um, even the the spot with the belt uh, and the ref, man, just you know MJF throwing it, you know, to Cole, assuming he's going to get DQ'd. Uh, it, that I mean, it was just an entertaining spot, man. Um, so kudos to both guys. I mean, yeah, I thought it was a fantastic match. It's just that there was no build, and and this is pay per view worthy, and there's no real story to get behind. To you know, so that's my only gripe with it. It's just you can't keep having, especially when it's the world champion, right? You got to have them in stories and feuds and it can't just be like oh this week-long feud and next up you know it 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 just i don't know um it's obviously i mean i I think you know this uh, ended in a draw um and i even like the way they did that man um i'm I'm not opposed to that Mm -hmm. kind of finish Mm -hmm. um yeah so obviously they're gonna have another match i just think they should tell more of the story first before hopping into the match, but that seems exactly. kind of like AEW's mo. It's just mm-hmm. what they do, man. Yeah, no, I'm 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 with you, bro. I'm absolutely with you. But yeah, before I before I get into just everything else about what is wrong with this match, I'm going to talk about what was damn solid about this match because it was damn freaking good, which I expected it to be. Sure. Um, I expected to give. I expected these two to give pretty much the majority of the first hour too. Um, especially starting the night off. So you knew that that was coming, obviously. You knew they were going to get... If it wasn't, you know... Because I was thinking, man, the fact that they're having this match, I'm like, how how do you go about this? Neither one of these dudes can lose. You're telling me right, freaking right. 
Adam Cole is going to beat MJF and he's going to get no like stop man that is that cannot happen that cannot right. freaking happen I don't care if, if Adam Cole is your future number one contender you you can't let that happen um so yeah the the the, the draw the the 30 minute draw the time limit I think it's I, I like it I, I like the fact I like how if you're going to have these two in a match that's the way you would finish it I said the same right. thing about I believe it was Danielson as well as Hangman Adam Page in a match. I believe it was. I believe it was those two. I know you know Omega and Danielson. I think I think it was Omega and Danielson in a match that ended up being in a draw. Like the 60, I believe Iron Man the sixty minute match. The I the sixty minute. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. That's that yeah. ended up in a draw. You know things like that. Okay, I don't mind the draw finish. I've never really mind the draw finish. And like like you mentioned, the pace was slowed down. The, the match overall was solid outside of the referee botch and Adam Cole potentially having something physically wrong with him with that with that table spot. Pretty damn solid overall. So there's your positive. Now I get to the what the fuck about this match. And that is the fact that why is this match even a thing? So here. So, OK, so here's the thing. Wembley Stadium is coming up in August, so. They're going to what? They're going to try to push this all the way to the end of the summer because what I mean, what other event, what other big event can you can you actually have this match for? You're going to you're going to have it in the, another match in the in the middle of your dynamite like Come on, bro. Like that, that just cannot be cold, though. I, I think MJF, I, I, I couldn't say who right now, but yeah, I don't I think See, that's what's weird. Over. Yeah. That's what's weird about it, because if it's not Adam Cole, then then why put Adam Cole in this situation if he's not going to get the title opportunity moving forward? So what was the point of this draw? Okay, yeah, it was the right decision to do, but where are we going with this now? Mm-hmm. You know, like you don't – your next big pay-per-view – I don't know if you want to call it a pay-per-view, but your next big event is – the Wembley Stadium in the UK, unless I'm forgetting an event, um, I'll have to go I mean, back and look the at that. Door thing, which is not. The, you have yet, Forbidden Door, which is in two thing, weeks but... from now or a week and a half from now. Yeah, I think unless the there's a, unless yeah, there's, I know they usually do blood and guts, like a blood and guts, but again, that's a weekly pay per view shtick that they do. Yeah, I mean, yeah, like guys, like what? The double or nothing already happened uh, again, unless I'm forgetting an event, guys, like. If that's the case, then what what was the point of this? Mm-hmm. You, you know what I'm saying? Because if it's not Adam Cole, then, okay, he beat Chris Jericho just to have a 30-minute draw with MJF, just to have a great technical wrestling match. Like, mm-hmm. just, just just to have, I mean, just to, to, fill up a, to fill up a dynamite show, just to get cheap pops in the rating. It's MJF and Adam Cole. Freaking tune in to freaking TBS, everybody. I just, it makes no fucking sense at all, bro. The first thing, this was the first thing I said last week because I didn't, I couldn't even bother last week putting up a Dynamite review because, because last week's Dynamite was just that freaking bad. Um, but I did wanted to talk about this situation with Adam Cole and MJF. And I, and I spoke about this, like, why are we having this eliminator match? Mm-hmm. Sure. It, we knew going into it, it was going to be good. We knew people were going to praise the shit out of it and for justified reasons for rightfully so. But now what? <laughs> now what? You know, you have the match. And even if they do have the match, they these dudes just went 30 plus minutes. Like, 
again, unless there's a a stipulation, uh, freaking that you want to give these two in a, in a in a bigger stage. But again, what's that bigger stage if it's not going to be Wembley Stadium? True. You're telling me you're going to pump that up for freaking two months? We're expecting Tony Khan to pump up a feud for two fucking months? Yeah. Fucking A. Funny. Hell no. Not what he does, man. I, I mean, it's uh, three weeks. You're pushing it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Three, right. Three weeks. Right. That's just pushing the envelope there. Oh, my God. So, yeah, man. It's just like, okay. If, if some people love this show, again, good for them. But, guys, we got to think the, the we got to think a week two weeks, three weeks yeah. from now about what this is leading to. So yeah, man. And that's, it's just, it's that, just that's, weird. That's the thing. It's I just don't, really weird. I just don't get about AEW. Right. And, and just, I mean, I'm sure other people do it and you could, you could make the case WWE does it from time to time, but like, I feel like everybody sometimes like wants to reinvent the wheel. Right. Like, Mm-hmm. You know, yes, there's space for innovation and evolution and wrestling. But at the end of the day, what you are putting on is a weekly, dramatic, episodic show. That's mm-hmm. that's what it is supposed to be. So you have to have, like, you have to have continuity in characters and stories and, you know, those things to make it work. Um yeah, if it's just a again a, a one two week thing, you know, sure somebody can tune in and get it. Like, okay, you like uh, Bandito, good for you. You know, great. So you're gonna come in, tune in, and see him one week, and then not see him for three weeks, man, and then see him. So it's it's you can't sustain yes. the fan base, yeah, or, or grow the fan base, I guess. Yeah. Um, and that's and that's the problem with this roster of how many fucking people are on it. Because it is ridiculous of how flooded this freaking roster is of talent. Yeah. Because all of them are just sitting back there, just collecting dust, just collecting a paycheck. Because they're not doing anything special for this company. They're not helping the company. Because yeah. they're hardly on the show to do anything. And that's the problem. You know, like you mentioned, freaking Bandito might wrestle one week. And then he's, he's going to show up on Rampage. And you might not see him on Dynamite Television for God knows freaking how long. Yeah. You know? So to, to end this as we move on to this next segment here, the way that I would have done this, Brian, again, just again, if I'm booking this shit, because I, you know, I think me and you, you know, we we like to call ourselves pretty, you know, pretty creative people. Like we know this business, like we know what the hell we're talking about. So, and again, if you have an idea as well that's different, you know, you know let me know. But here's here's what I would have done with this, right? If you want to do MJF and Adam Cole at Wembley Stadium, okay. For the title, sure, let's do it. Yep. But plant the seeds, you know, plant the seeds of the feud that's that's potentially going to happen between Adam Cole and MJF. Plant seeds, and when the timing is right, July, somewhere in the middle of the summer, to now, let's get this feud into high into high gear. Now, no matches, no eliminator matches. No promos is, 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 is even though the promo was done very well freaking last week, no actual exchanges, just plant seeds and like, oh, snap, like there, you know, MJF and, and Adam Cole in the near future. Yes. Yeah, sign me up. Like, I want to I want to see what this is leading to. Like, let's continue to plant these seeds. Let's get people in suspense. So that's how I would have done it. If that's your plan for Wembley Stadium or not, who knows? But if that's what they were, if that's what you want to do. 
then that's the only logic thing that you can honestly come up with, especially in a two month time frame. Before we move on, Brian, your thoughts about that? Yeah, no, I'm in agreement with you, man. Like, yeah, it, sure. Adam Cole, like I said, I mean, I love this match. It was fucking fantastic. Um, but it, it just should the first time at least shouldn't be just on, on your yeah. AEW no. regular dynamite. Like, <laughs> no, absolutely. It just shouldn't. Um, so yeah, that's, that's, that's my gripe with it. Uh, yeah. Bill, tell a story, tell a long term. And when I say long term, I mean, you can do like two months. Okay. So this is the blow off is at Wembley. Cool. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. But, yeah. Just not like a promo match. And now, and now, now what? <laughs> it's putting yeah. all of your eggs into one basket. And Tony Khan's like, Oh fuck. Where, where do I go yeah. now? You know, because again, this—that's all Tony Khan knows how to do, man. You know, so and people want to put him case, on this. It, right. If, if this is the case, where if that's what they're shooting for at Wembley, these two guys should better not have a match before Wembley again. Like, yeah. whatever, have MJF duck him or, or, or whatever it is. I don't right. know. Get creative with the story, but right, they man. can't fucking wrestle again before Bro. Wembley. Exactly. Bro, imagine again if before WrestleMania 25, imagine if Undertaker and Shawn Michaels wrestled on a Monday Night Raw. Imagine if they wrestled on a freaking SmackDown. <laughs> right. Then, like, what's the point of wrestling at WrestleMania? Yeah. It's just like, yeah. bro, oh, my God. But that's Tony Khan for you, man. We want to put him on this pedestal. He's this great booker. Look at all these matches that he's putting on for Forbidden Door. Give me a fucking break, man. It's like we and see I, through I, the both. It segment. seems to be now four years in, at least that is his kind of. Yeah, that's the shtick. philosophy is he, that's, he is absolutely. more more great match. And sacrificing story. Exactly. That's yeah. and that's the vicious cycle. You know, yep. and you're gonna you've seen that for four years. And again, and I've also mentioned this about WCW, like that's pretty much what WCW before they went out of business is what they were doing. I mentioned about WCW yep. putting on matches like Goldberg and Hulk Hogan. And, you know, fans would be like, Okay, well, what's the point of having the pay per view if you're putting two juggernauts on your weekly show? And that's what it, that's what AEW has been over the past four years, and it seems like to me, Brian, that's just hey, who well, they are. If you were, have you ever seen that match? The I have. I've, I've seen it once or twice. Yeah, I, I've seen yeah. it. Yeah. I mean that. Yeah, just for a nitro, and then just with him, a nitro. Yeah. Prod and uh, Jesus. I mean, they shit. They shit the bed on that one. Like yeah, they did. Yeah. No, I no, I did. Yeah, I saw. I saw the match with Nitro. It was freaking. By the yeah. End of that that whole fucking thing was a. Uh, it was a <laughs> shit show, man. It was a. Disaster. Oh yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. And it was exactly. so good at one time. It's so good. Yeah. <laughs> it's good shit, pal. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, right. So, but let's move on. We'll talk more about MJF and Adam Cole. We'll see where this goes. Yep. I mean, who knows what what happens next week? Do they just now tell the story? freaking ass backwards shit but yeah who knows yeah. man who freaking knows um cm punk had a video package you know i guess you know to hype people up for his return for freaking collision he says he's got scores to settle and there's so much more to do in AEW. and he says i've got a lot of things to get off my chest and that is the video package so guys if, you, if you've come across this platform you guys know how how i feel as of right now about punk you know, I like punk. I like the dude. It's just that the fact that, you know, he's coming back to this company to try to, you know, freaking all the 
heat that he exchanged in the locker room and now nothing worked in regards to dynamite and drawing in numbers and moving the needle. It didn't work the first time. So what makes me expect that it's going to work now, you know, and, and he's coming back into a six man tag. Like it's like that, that's your, and I said this last week as well on the show that we, that I covered last week talking about punk and, you know, the big announcement that Tony Khan made about he, oh, he's going to be in a six man tag with freaking FTR and uh, who was a Jay White, Juice Robinson, and Samoa Joe, right? Right. Like, where, like, again, that just screams to me just another six man tag you would see on a dynamite or a freaking or a rampage. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it, it's just, uh, unless there is long term. And I highly doubt this. I mean, long-term in AEW, yeah, that just does not go hand-in-hand. Um, I just – I don't know what we're doing with Punk. Are we just going to continue to do the same shtick that he was a babyface last time? Okay, he draw he drew in a million for Rampage. Okay, great. Your Rampage is going to be nowhere fucking near that <laughs> for the foreseeable future for the test of time. I mean, bro, they're, right. they're now resting in the two hundred to 300,000 mark. I mean, Jesus Christ. But ever since then on Dynamite, they were at what? I want to say 900 to 950, 950,000, right? So they're not eclipsing, they're not eclipsing a million viewership at all on Dynamite television with with Punk being there or with Punk not being there. So if we're going to do the same shtick with Punk of him being a baby face, teaming with FTR, which he did beforehand, if this is what we're doing, then like what the fuck, man? You know what I'm saying? Like, if you're yeah. gonna make Punk return, this dude needs to just—you need to do something different. You need to have him come back as a heel. Because I always believe that Punk's best work was as a freaking heel. There's just people that work better, Brian, as yep. a heel. People like freaking Randy Orton. People like CM Punk, and, and all these freaking people, right? Like to me, I mean Brock Lesnar, he can H. he can do both. Triple H, yeah, Triple H as well, absolutely. There's just people that just. I mean, hell, Roman Reigns right now, you know, freaking yeah, the tribal yeah. chief gimmick. So, yeah, it, it just it doesn't make sense to me. Like, if they're gonna do the same babyface shtick that they did beforehand, I freaking hope not. Because if that's the case, then then my god, man, fucking a, do we have a problem, bro? Yeah. Um, you know, it, it's just. But yeah, and you showcase, and here's another problem. And I'm Brian. I'm going to get to you in just a second here. I'm going to make this last statement. Yeah. And I said this last week as well. I'm going to say it again. Juice Robinson and Jay White. Okay. If you're not a part of the niche audience, right? If you're not a part of the niche AW New Japan, I highly doubt you're going to know who those fucking two people are, right? You're probably not going to know who they are. And so you put them on your debut show for Punk. It's like, oh, Punk's going to be facing who? Jay White and just who the fuck are these people? That's what I mean. Sure, your niche is going to watch. You're, you're, the the freaking New Japan marks are going to watch. But what about everyone else that's going to draw you over the eclipse of that million viewership? That's the problem. That's yeah. where AEW cannot seem to figure it the fuck out. That's the problem right there. They just expect you to know people like Jay White and Juice Robinson instead of putting them in situations to where they feel larger than life, that you have to see what they do next week and the week after that. 
So, and like enough guys of like the bullet club goal, like CM Punk is going to turn heel. He's going to, he's going to form a faction with bullet club goal. Like guys, stop <laughs> fucking stop. Brian, your thoughts in regards to punk coming back this, uh, this coming Saturday. Oh man. So we've spoken a lot about this over the, the course of however long, five, six months. Um, at the end of the day, I'm a CM Punk guy. Um, yeah, same. So I'm, I'm going to fucking tune in and, Here's the thing. If, you know, the vignette, you know, that I, I like the vignette. It was a cool little vignette. Um, if CM Punk can come back, and I guess with some, if he can be him and speak freely on the microphone, mm-hmm. that's going to be fun. If, like, if he grabs it and gets the stuff off his chest, that's going to be fucking gold. No doubt oh, about it. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. If there's oh, restrictions sure. to it, it's going to be fucking lame. But if he can go out there and be CM Punk, fucking sign me up, dude. Um, so that got, you know, that being said, like, yeah, I mean, I'm always going to root for him, uh, but I understand the aesthetic and like, and and you know, we've already been down this road. And is anything going to change? Yeah, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, but with this match specifically, because I think CM Punk has also mentioned like he. Um, you know, if he's to return, he wants to have a feud with uh, Samoa Joe. So I think this this is maybe a nice little it's way to the get start into of that. Where, you know, so you know they have this main event, cool. It's CM Punk's return. FTR is just coming back. They haven't really wrestled a whole lot either. Um, so I, I think it could be good. Like you, so after this match, you have Punk and Joe go off and do their thing. And yep. even if there's a feud between uh, Jay White and Juice Robinson and FTR, um, mm-hmm. maybe a way for for more people, excuse me, to be introduced to the Bullet Club and Jay White and Juice Robinson. Um, but I think that could be a really good feud too, if done well. So again, if you take these six individuals and then split them off to your in their two the the tag feud and the individual yep. feud yep that could be good mm-hmm. but you have to tell the story you have to build it and so that's that's where i don't know i don't know sound it sounds easier said than done but for tony khan's case it's just it's, it's <laughs> right? not for yeah, some freaking yeah. reason but yeah i mean and that and that because that's the thing like a six-man tag man that's how you're returning punk because because why because tony khan Freaking collision hasn't sold out yet. You haven't sold out tickets yet. Is that why you're trying to freaking sell a, a couple extra hundred thousand more tickets? Because you're trying to make these announcements to get people to to tune into the show. Just saying, bro. Because a six man tag is not gonna cut it, man. This is how you're returning Punk, right? In a six man tag, bro. Like I could come up with a million different freaking ways to debut this fucking guy. Just saying. Um, but and you make him return for a six man tag. It's just, it's just, it's just weird, bro. It just tells me that Tony Khan and this company just still doesn't fucking get it. They just don't, but we'll talk more about that. Um, in regards to a collision episode, guys, we'll, we'll keep you guys posted in regards to that because there are going to be some stuff at least in the next week or two about collision. You know, it's the debut show. We will have plans to talk about that. So make sure you guys do stay tuned. If, uh, um, when we do talk about collision and our podcast schedule and everything in regards to fitting in freaking collision and all that stuff. So make sure you guys stay tuned for that, but we'll talk more about punk 
um, later on this week, as well as next week when we do cover um, AW Collision and the six-man tag. So yep. up next, we have Sammy Guevara. Um, he's, or his music hits, and he enters the ring. He says his goals as a future father, you know, again, you know, congrats to Sammy Guevara and Absolutely. Ty Conti, Ty Mello, um, as they're going to be having a girl, a baby girl coming soon. So shout out to them. Congrats to them. He says his goals remain the same, regardless, you know, as a future father or not, you know, he's, his goals remain the same about, you know, b- being the mountaintop, you know, cutting that baby face promo. It seems to me legit. He's just, he's a complete baby face at this point right now. Yeah. Um, Darby Allen interrupts. He says to Sammy Guevara that fans are starting to love him again. So say, hey, sounds like people love you again now, <laughs> right? Um, he says, but he he wonders if he still stands with the JAS. Like, what's going on with the JAS? Like, are you with them? Or are you not? What's going on? And then Jericho's freaking music hits. He interrupts. Jericho wants Sammy Guevara to apologize. He's like, dude, like, okay. you. And now, Brian, it's funny, right? We mentioned this over the past several weeks. Like, what is going on with the JS? Like, are they are they going to tell this story? Are they not? Well, here they are. Freaking Jericho's like, okay, you haven't texted me. You haven't called me. You've done your shtick with the main the main event. Like, if, if you could have just called me and asked for your help, hell, you could be AEW world champion right now, you know, and just, you know, apologize for not getting, you know, he just, he just wants an apology from Sammy Guevara. Sammy Guevara says, I ain't apologizing for shit <laughs> right into freaking Jericho's face. He says, uh, he says, you know, in uh, Jericho mentions bringing back the lay sex gods in a tag match. And I'm like, okay, um, this is interest, weird, interesting. Um, so about a tag match and then Darby interrupts and he says, and this is the line he says, and I quote, he says, you call yourself a wizard, but when you step into this ring, that magic is gone. <laughs> That's damn, man. I mean, that's kind of some truth, too. I mean, how many times, Brian, too, have we mentioned about Jericho? As much as we love the freaking dude, this dude has just this dude has lost a step or two, man. It it just freaking shows actually more than a step or two. He's lost gazillion fucking steps in regards to. And again, that's just that's just where he's at in his age, man. He's just there. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So but yeah, so Jericho threatens Darby. It's about him and Guevara just beating his ass or whatever. And Darby says, I'm not alone. And Sting music hits. It's Sting! Freaking Tony Giovanni every time. I do get it. I, I do smile every time he says that. Again, that just brings <laughs> back old, you know, old school days. Again, guys, I know I'm a youngin, but I, I go back and watch this years, old. Man. <laughs> yeah, man. Freaking, I go back and watch this shit, man. I'm telling yeah. you. I know my freaking history. I know the Tony Schiavone shtick with W. I'm telling you, man. So it's always, it's always cool to, to hear Tony Schiavone introduce Sting every time he comes out there. Uh, regardless of how freaking old Sting gets, whether he's 50, 60, by the time, hell, he could be still wrestling and he's freaking 80 years old like freaking Ric Flair is right now. Um, but yeah, man, just always good to see Sting, I guess. But So he enters the ring. Jericho and Sting have a face-off. You know, they have this pretty pretty cool little face-off. They're like, you know, freaking pointing their bats at one another and uh, freaking Jericho freaking leaves the ring. Sting stands tall while Sammy Guevara is left conflicted as the hard camera we're not the hard camera but one of the cameras is on him and he's got like this face where like all right i got some decisions to make here so and that is your segment so before we get into our number two brian your thoughts in regards to this segment with sammy guevara and chris jericho as well as darby allen and sting um i thought it was all right uh like you said we've we've mentioned like for for weeks now like they have to explain something with Guevara and the JAS. They just like, yeah, you can't just let mm-hmm. that go. 
No. Um, so finally we're getting it. Um, I mean, I fully expect, you know, Sammy is going to go on his own. Um, and even, uh, you know, the, the Sting Jericho, man, um, I didn't realize, and I, I don't know if it was Jericho who said it, um, but they've never, never been in the ring together. Yeah. The um, commentary said that they've never been in the ring or whatever. Right. Commentary um, said that, which I didn't realize either. I was like, really? They've never been in. Yeah. So I, I didn't even know that guy. So yeah, that, yeah. that came as a shocker to me. So, you know, I know back in, you know, I figured it would have happened back in WCW, but I know at the time Jericho, I mean, they were just, they didn't give two shits about guys like Jericho. Um, but yeah, I, I'd totally be on board with a Sting Jericho feud. The My only reservation to it, because they could tell a great story. I have no doubt. The thing is, that doesn't really cater to the AEW audience. And on top of that, like... You know, again, let's face it. It's no fault of their own. It's just it's age and time. Like you, you fucking yeah. You can't do what you did at twenty five at fifty. Exactly. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um. So I just hope if they had a match, um, could it be good? Yeah. But I'm also I hope it wouldn't turn into like, <laughs> like a fucking DX and Undertaker and Kane shit show. <laughs> like you know what I mean? Because it, mm-hmm. it definitely could. Yeah. Um, yeah. With that being said, uh, you know, if, if they're going that route, I'm definitely on board on board for the story they those two would tell. I just hope the match would would pay off. But overall, yeah. I like the segment. Yeah. Um, so he, here's what I'll say in regards to I'll try to make this as short as sweet as possible. Um, yeah. No. No doubt, Brian. It's 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 good to see that they're telling finally, <laughs> right? this situation with the JAS and Sammy Guevara. I mean, cause yeah. like I said, you can't, you can't just ignore that. And we had a feeling it was going to come to that. Cause we always talked sure. about with this, with the four pillars about like, okay, where does Sammy Guevara go? Where does Darby Allen go? And where does jungle boy go? Well, Sammy Guevara has got his place, you know, Darby Allen. I'm going to be honest with you, Brian. Yeah. Like, okay. Sting and Jericho in the same ring was the face off. Cool. Sure. Actually pretty was. But if you're going to tell a story with Sammy Guevara and Chris Jericho, then just keep it as that. You know what I'm saying? Because it's just like you said, you can't, you can't go back and do what you did at age 25 and 30 years old, 35 years old, even, you know what I'm saying? Like, you're going to tell me you're going to put, you know, I mean, cause are we ever going to get that? And should it even happen? Both sting and, and Jericho in a match together? Hell no. <laughs> no, no. I, I mean, will they compete in maybe tag? I, I maybe maybe in tag competition? Will that maybe happen? Sure. Probably like freaking, you know, Jericho and maybe, maybe it is Sammy Guevara against Darby and Sting in the future, maybe on a Dynamite. Who knows? But it's just, I just don't feel that Darby and Sting is just, it's just needed. Like, just keep the feud between sammy and jericho you know what i'm saying like it just it just doesn't seem it just seems very out of place i guess what because they you know jericho still has his appreciation society and you want to have sammy have a you know potential backup right because you always got to have the faces always make the save well here are your faces to make those saves you have darby allen and sting Mm -hmm. and it's just it doesn't make it just to me it just doesn't make sense that you're having darby be a part of this as well as sting to be 
to to potentially i mean this is what we're expecting to happen to, to be side by side with sammy to tell a story with jericho it's the same thing like we talked about with with adam cole and jericho i don't need all of these other motherfuckers to tell sure. a one-on-one -on -one feud between Jericho and you know what I'm saying, bro? It's just it's just yeah. weird. Does it sound cool, Sting and Jericho? Absolutely, I completely acknowledge that. But this is just, and this was this has also been the mo for AEW. What's the best way to give people TV time, and what's the best way to try to tell a freaking story in this company? Let's throw a bunch of motherfuckers in one segment. You know, instead yeah. of just yeah. getting creative with one or two, with just two maybe three people, four, if you want to add a fourth, okay. But outside of that, man, it's just like, to me, it's just Sting and Darby are there just to be, just to be the, what, what what's the word I'm looking for? Just to be the partners, like just the, the helpers of freaking, of Sammy Guevara. Because we know that what this is probably going to lead to, it's going to be Sammy Guevara, Jericho in a match and a potential few. We can already see that happening. It seems like Sammy Guevara is turning more baby face by the freaking, by the day and by the week. So, sure. but to me, that just doesn't need a, a bunch of other motherfuckers in this situation, man. You know, yeah. it just doesn't make sense. Why? And, and you bring sting out there to get, I mean, yeah, a cool reaction. I agree. But again, man, Jericho and sting, it's just like, again, if this was 20 plus years, okay. I would be excited if this was 20 years ago, but it's, but it's not. So if but but if the story is with with Guevara and Jericho, just keep it as such, man. I don't need Darby Allen to dumb himself down to help tell a story between Guevara and Jericho because that's what the story is between Chris good. Jericho and Sammy Guevara. So before we get into uh, this next segment, uh, Brian, your thoughts about that? No, I I, I can't disagree with you. Um... I just, I, I don't know. I, I think this is going to turn into, I, I mean, I guess Sammy and Jericho, you know, tagging against Sting and, and Darby next week. Did they announce that? Or I, I can't remember. What I don't think that's been announced, but I'm sure eventually it's going to happen, whether it's next week or two weeks. It probably will happen. I'm yeah. not sure. They might announce this like this coming week or whatever, but it hasn't been announced yet. At least, at least I'm, at least I'm aware of it right now. So. Gotcha. Um, so, yeah, I mean, with that match, yeah, I, I don't know if you have, like... I mean, at, at that match, something obviously has to happen with, with Guevara kind of walking away from JES or something. Mm -hmm. um, and, yeah, I, I, so I hear what you're saying. Like, I don't know, are, like, are you going with Jericho and Guevara here after that, or are you going with Sting and Jericho? Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, so, yeah, it is kind of confusing. I personally, like I said, I... I would like to see the match in the feud because I think they could tell a good story. The match, on the other hand, mm, I just, I just hope God smiles on both of them that day. Because <laughs> like, I mean, yeah. it's just, you know, it is what yeah. it is. Like they, they just, yeah. They're fucking but that's what sucks. Years old, right? Yeah, right. and and that's what sucks, right? Because yeah, we want to get behind something like Jericho and Sting, but at the same time, if you're trying to tell the say, trying to tell a story involving Sammy Guevara, then it's just like, okay, like, what are we doing here? And if you're going to yeah. have a match between them, it's just like, again, you just cross your fingers and you pray to the gods that nothing, that shit doesn't hit the fan. But right. I don't think that's going to happen in any time soon. I think that's, they're going to just play it safe and put them in tag action. 
you know, you have Jericho and Guevara against Darby and Sting. That's probably going to happen. Is it next week? I'm not sure. Um, I'm sure it's going to happen at some point uh, in yeah. the near future. But that's just my honest take on it, man. I like the stare down. I, I like, you know, you have Jericho and Sting in the same ring. I mean, what's not to like? But still, it's just just something just wasn't right. You know, just something just wasn't yeah, right about you, it man. because, yeah, you know sure. what I mean? So it's just, you know, I, I just, I want everything to, when it comes to wrestling, I just want everything to be at the right time and for a right reason. You know, you're putting these two in the ring because Sting is now, you know, because we know it's coming, you know, Guevara is going to feud with Jericho and who's going to help, help him out against the JAS Sting and freaking Darby Allen. And that's why you're having this face off instead of for a legit purpose. Yeah. You know, and just, and that's, that's just where. I just hope people understand where I'm coming from in, in regards to that, but we'll talk more about that uh, moving on. Uh, I'm sure, again, I don't know if the match is next week or or the week after that, but I guess we'll find out in the foreseeable future. So uh, speaking of Darby Allen and Sting, they're involved in a, uh, guess what? Guess what, Brian? Guess, take a good guess of what this was up next. What, what kind of match do you think this was? Special uh, eight-man tag match. Boom. There you go. Freaking eight man freaking tag match. You have Darby Allen and Sting. Keith Lee, guys, that's right. Keith Lee is back. He, we, we found him off the off the side of the milk carton. Freaking Keith Lee and and Orange Cassidy. Freaking uh, your uh, what, what do you call him? The international AW international champion. And they're facing the Mongol Embassy, I want to say that's how you pronounce the mogul, faction. The mogul embassy. Mogul, mogul. Yeah, it's something, something along those lines, guys. Again, if I'm botching that, I apologize. But again, like, I don't even want to even try to give a fuck and trying to pronounce the name right. But it's Swerve Strickland. I think Brian Cage. Brian, Brian Cage, Cage is out there. He, at first, I'm like, is that Ultimate Warrior with face paint? <laughs> all he's missing is the fucking Brian. He's all he's Assles. missing is the fucking little uh, what, what what do you call them? Those little yeah. strap. The cat, the assholes. Right, right, right. That's all he's missing. And he's and he just give him a freaking wing and boom, it's the it's the Ultimate Warrior. Yeah. Just so fucking weird. Um, yeah. So Brian Cage and Swerve Strickland and those other dudes. I think it was uh, what was that tag name? Uh, they faced Darby sure. and. Darby and Jungle Boy. Again, guys, this is how bad this is because they're that irrelevant. We can't even remember their freaking names. Uh, but they're a part of this. But that tag that what was it? Darby and I believe it was Jungle Boy last week. Again, I or no, I'm sorry, two weeks ago. Two weeks ago. Uh, they're now they're a part of this faction with Strickland and Cage. So again, yeah, Brian Cage is like looking like Ultimate Warrior. I'm just like, what are we fucking doing? That's like that's like when your mom's saying like you 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 ask for McDonald's for for dinner, and your mom's like, no, we got freaking we got McDonald's at home. McDonald's at home is freaking Brian Cage looking like fucking <laughs> looking like the Ultimate Warrior. I'm like, I swear to God, I look up for two seconds, and I'm like, like did did Ultimate Warrior come back from the dead? Like what? that bro but yeah just i i i actually i had to cry i i laughed out loud with that that shit was funny but uh but yeah so darby allen hits a coffin drop again brian's favorite freaking finishing move the coffin <laughs> drop onto uh both men from the outside orange cassidy hits the orange punch followed by sting's scorpion death drop for the w pinning i believe it was brian cage and that is it and daniel garcia's watching backstage what does that mean I don't know. I, guys, I don't know. Again, he's supposed to be with the JAS, and now he's staring down. Uh, he's watching this eight-man tag. I, I, I don't, guys, I don't know. 
Um, just, I don't know, did Daniel Garcia, did he get bored? And he's like, oh, let me watch this match because I got nothing better to do. Tony Khan has nothing better for me. Let, let me just watch this match. Let me just, you know, pick up a chair. Let me grab some popcorn. Let me just watch this freaking match. You know, let me pretend I'm serious and I'm engaged with this match when I'm just trying to, you know, get the fuck out of here and just collect my paycheck, you know? So that that's all I got. It's just, guys, it's a waste of time. What do you guys want me to say? You guys know how I feel about these freaking these tag matches with no care, with no meaning, with no story telling anything behind the match of why this match is even a thing. It's just to have an eight man tag, just to fill up your, just to fill up your card on, on your dynamite show. That that's all it is. And that's all I'm, and that's all I'm going to put it as because it's not, it's not worth my time and not worth my breast to discuss it even more. So Brian, your thoughts about that. I feel the same. Literally the only notes I have is what the fuck is the deal with the face paint? On the <laughs> what? Right. Right. Um, yeah, oh, other than that, I, yeah, I, I fucking hate these matches. Um, I, I don't know what else to say about them. Yeah, they, it's just, it's just, um, I don't know. It, it, it just, it's, it's no care. It's just to have people get TV time and for them to hit their spots and one, two, three, let's everybody go home. Um, yeah, I mean, there's no story here. Uh, I don't know. Just what the that's fuck? it. Why, why does Brian Cage have face paint now? <laughs> I, I, don't I don't know, know bro. I, I do. I don't know. It's dude, like, Oh my God. It's like, it was will at first. It started off. It was William Morrissey. And now he's big bill. And now Brian Cage, he had freaking, uh, he had Taz by his side. Remember freaking like Brian Cage came into freaking AEW. There was actually some interest with him. I was like, yeah, Oh snap. Like yeah. Brian Cage, like, he was a, I think he debuted in the, uh, what do you call it? It was like some ladder match. It was like some freaking, some freaking ladder match to get a title opportunity or something. I think he won it a couple years ago. I think he faced John Moxley, um, and yeah, he was with the side, and he was, and he was beside Taz. And I'm thinking, man, this is a good freaking duo. I mean, Brian Cage obviously can't really talk. He's not a good talker. But if you put Taz by his side, shoot, sure. that could freaking work. But for some odd reason, that shit doesn't no longer fucking exists. So now Brian Cage is with this faction, and he's just wearing face paint like a fucking clown, like a fucking idiot. And like he's, he's trying, like, like nobody else did it. Like, yeah, I don't know what it's about. Like, none of the rest of the guys on the again, team did it. He's never done it before. He just came out with random face paint. Like, why? <laughs> I, 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 that's a great question, Brian. I, I don't know. I, I really don't even know unless something happened on Somebody's Rampage of why. There's like a story the behind uh, Brian. There's a story behind the face paint. You just got to go over and watch Rampage. You know what I'm saying? Or, uh, the show that or, nobody watches. Or, or, uh, what's the, uh, the the reality show they have now? The, oh, All Access. You got to watch All Access. Yeah. Right. I haven't even watched a lick of that. So I, I, I have no interest. In, I, I rather watch The Ultimate Fighter, right? The Ultimate Fighter, that's a reality show I'll freaking watch. All Access. Like when I'm trying to believe in these characters and these wrestlers can't stand one another. Yeah. Let me put up, let me promote a reality show and just like, Oh guys. And, and they do it right after dynamite just to remind fans. Oh, by the way, guys, this is all just, it's just pro wrestling. It's not real. This is how all of our superstars are in, are in real life. Yeah. What, what the fuck? <laughs> Cape fave got gone. Forget Cape fave no. gone are those fucking days. It's just fucking yeah. ridiculous. Yeah. Um, up next, um, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Speaking of kayfabe, go ahead, man. Obviously rest in peace, iron Sheik. but 
The Iron Sheik, yes. Like, mm-hmm. Even if it was, like a few days before he died, like he posted a tweet that said, like, fuck you, Hogan, or some shit. Because um, <laughs> he just kept it, like, you know, that's kayfabe, man. Yeah, man. <laughs> for real. Like, that, that, yeah. I'm telling you, for God forbid, outside of MJF, because even as great as Roman Reigns is, like, I mean, Roman Reigns doesn't even freaking do a whole lot of kayfabe. No, I mean, no. yeah, I mean, he'll do it at live events. You know, I mean, people do it live events. It's cool to see, you know, WWE, they'll show their freaking little shorts, their video YouTube shorts or their Instagram videos of, you know, people in live events still, you know, playing the character. But outside of that, they're just they're just the normal, normal human beings, you know. And again, there's nothing wrong with living your normal freaking life. But but you got to but you're again, your character is to your job is to attract fans, your job is to attract a fan base to to get captivated by you, right? To you make, know, make to get for for people for right. people when you come out to that ring to say, "Oh my God, it's freaking it's Daniel Garcia!" Like, "Oh my God, it's Drew Gulak." Who the fuck is saying that? Why? Because nobody gives a shit. Oh my God, it's Sky Blue. Who gives a shit, man? Seriously. But yeah, but yeah, rest in peace to Iron Sheik. I I, I forgot to mention the Iron Sheik this past week. Uh, who passed away last week? So yeah, rest in peace to the to the Sheik man. Um, definitely, again, obviously, well before my time. But I've seen. But you guys know, like I mentioned, I always go back and watch the old stuff. I do my history, I do my research, and I can tell you this: that the Sheik was one of a kind. He was a true freaking yeah. villain, and he is going to be well missed in the professional wrestling industry. So rest in peace, rest in peace to the Iron Sheik, and well wishes to him and his family. So um, up next, we have Wardlow versus Jake Hager. For the TNT Championship, why? I don't know. It's just an open challenge just to have an open challenge. So match time is seven minutes in length from bell to bell. Um, Hager attacks Wardlow from the rampway. Wardlow hits a swanton off the top rope, and Wardlow hits two power bombs for the W. Post-match, Christian Cage shows up on the Titantron, and there was some tech and there was some audio difficulties. Like he's talking. He's talking and like there's no sound and like the crowd is just like oh shit what are we doing here man freaking Wardlow's like uh, Wardlow's trying to play it off and then finally the sound comes on so it's already been botched it was already the segment's already freaking ruined but they try to make up for it Christian Cage accepts an open challenge I guess there wasn't a challenge of some sort I guess that's what Wardlow's doing and I'm gonna get to that and I'm gonna get to these open challenges in just a second I'm gonna wait till this this segment ends here. So Wardlow, so Christian accepts the the open challenge, whatever for this for this TNT title at Collision. They're going to have the match at Collision. It's not going to be Christian Cage. It's going to be Wardlow and Luchasaurus um, in a match. And he says, "What he's like? What's he's like? What's going to happen with your when your new daddy isn't there to save you?" And it, and Orrin Anderson is revealed in a bloody mess. He's backstage. He's in the hands of of Luchasaurus. He's in a bloody mess. He's pretty much half unconscious. And and freaking Wardlow runs up the ramp. He's running to check on Arn Anderson, and that is the segment. Um, <laughs> I'll I'll start. I'm gonna just start because there, there, I have a lot on my mind, and Brian, I'm gonna get to you in just yeah. a second. I'll try to keep this as short as sweet as I can here. First of all, I I don't mind the perception of the segment. I actually don't mind it. You know, Wardlow. And Cage, you're trying to get personal, attacking Arn Anderson. He's his protege, the the the, the protege or whatever, right? You know, 
but why did I have to sit through a seven to eight minute match to get there? Why did Shake Hager just have to fucking lose a match? It's just like, what, what are we doing, bro? So that's, that's red flag number one. So then they do. So then the audio cuts off, which I'm like, okay. Like, I mean, I guess it happens, right? It's just audio stuff. It happens. So I guess I can't harp too much about it. It's just, it is what it, it you know, accidents, unfortunate stuff like that happens. But, uh, but still that kind of just, because of that, it just kind of diminished the freaking the segment, you know, right away. Cause yeah. it was a good, it was, it wasn't for like a second or two. This was like a good several 10 to 15 seconds. This audio was cut off. Right, right. So that happened. And this is where I get freaking befuddled. Warlow runs up the rampway. And, and Brian, what do you expect up like following into that? You expect to see Wardlow backstage trying to find Arn Anderson. Maybe he finds Arn Anderson in a bloody mess and there's no Christian Cage or Luchasaurus to be found, right? Yep. Guys, we get none of that. Wardlow just runs up the fucking ramp and they don't even follow up on the story. <laughs> That's bro. I can't. I can't make this shit up. You have that. You have Wardlow running up the rampway to check on Arn Anderson backstage, and you don't continue to follow the story. No. Like what? Where did Wardlow run to? The fucking McDonald's across the street? Did he? (laughs) Did he run to freaking? Did he go get a? Did he go to freaking Walmart to pick up some groceries? Where the fuck did Wardlow go? Right. Did he just say fuck Orrin Anderson? Like, hey Orrin, I'll be right back to check on you. I got I got a grocery, I got a grocery haul here. I gotta pick I gotta pick up my freaking whey protein. I gotta pick up my freaking creatine. I gotta pick up all these supplements to get these freaking muscles jacked up. You know what I'm saying? Like, where the fuck did he go? Well, I hear you. Uh, Brian, am I the only one that's baffled? Like I don't understand like the logic and the common sense about this. You 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 have a segment to where he's rushing backstage and you don't even follow suit with it. I don't understand it. Oh my god, I'm gonna say a little bit more, but Brian, I'll I'll have you I'll have you express your thoughts, your thoughts on this TNT title match and everything that happened post match. Uh, I didn't care about the match at all. Yeah, um, no. really. My my main thoughts were like went to Jake Hager. Um, <clears throat> you know, I don't know if he's sustained some type of injury you know years back where he can't be on a a, like full-time schedule or something but i mean you know we rarely ever like hager rarely ever wrestles like i don't know why like um again it's like one of those things where like AEW obviously is not as invested in the bigger guys I mean, they have a lot, like, I mean, they've never done anything with Hager. Uh, Hager's been a sidekick the entire time he's been there. Yeah. I don't know why. Um, I mean, I is it the the lisp thing? Like, he can't talk on the microphone? Uh, I, I don't know. But anyway, that being said, yeah, the, again, it just, things like that need, you need to follow up. You need to tell the story. Um. And the ultimate payoff, you know, this is going to be a Wardlow and Luchasaurus match. Um, I immediately thought of you, by the way, because I know last time we talked about these two in the ring, you were just like, yeah, nah, that, that I, I ain't for that. <laughs> but yeah, here we are. We're going to get it. It's just the thing where, like, Wardlow, you, you, a guy with a dinosaur gimmick 
can't be holding a fucking belt. I, I'm sorry. I, it just... So, do I expect Luchasaurus to win here? No. It, Warlaw will go over. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It, you know, it just... I don't know. The, the Luchasaurus thing, I mean, the guy looks great. He can do awesome things in the ring. Yeah. But the Luchasaurus gimmick limits him. Um, yeah. So, mm. yeah, I, I don't know where you go with, with that guy. Because, uh, yeah, yeah there's, he there's can't so be... Much a dinosaur gimmick holding a, a, a yeah. world title, a, a TNT title, or any title. I mean... There's there's so much you can do. Okay. Yeah. There, there's... Yeah. There, <laughs> right. There's there's so much you can do with that gimmick, you know, especially that, you know, he, he no longer has Jungle Boy in the, the right. you know, the loot, the... What was that tag team called? Freaking uh, Jurassic uh, Express. Jurassic Express. Yeah, yeah, Jurassic Express. Like, there was a place for that character, but now he no longer has that. You know, he's not telling the story with freaking with Jungle Boy now. So what's the point of the gimmick? It's just, yeah, it's just it's really out of place, especially with with Cage and yeah. and Wardlow, as well as Arn Anderson in the mix. Yeah, it's just it's just really, really weird. So here's the last thing I'm going to say. And this is and this is and this is with these whole open challenges, right? We want to praise people like Seth Rollins because he's, def- you know, in this World Heavyweight Championship. And I hate to, I, I never like to make comparisons with these companies, but sometimes I just have to, right? What is Seth Rollins doing that's any different than what Wardlow is doing with the TNT title? He's having these open challenges, is he Is he not? Yep. <laughs> he's def- he defended against Jake Hager, and now he's going to defend it against Luchasaurus at, at Collision. Seth Rollins is going to defend his title in open challenge. Like, what's different? Like, we're going to praise freaking Wardlow doing the same shtick as Seth Rollins, but no, let's put Seth Rollins on this fucking pedestal. Yes, is Seth Rollins a great performer? Absolutely. But let's not bullshit ourselves like that he's not in anything fucking important. Like, he's in anything. Like, no, he's just Seth Rollins and Finn Balor. Like, come on, man. Like, guys, stop. Like, like Finn Balor, like he's Finn Balor's is going to take a loss. For no fucking reason. Like I, I spoke heavily about that on the Monday Night Raw review, but like, what's the difference here? So we're not even going to mention Wardlow defending this title, but yet we're going to mention Seth Rollins being a workhorse, being a, the world heavyweight shit. Like guys, like what the fuck? Like this is what I mean about open challenges. Like there's no difference of what Seth Rollins is doing versus what Wardlow's doing. Both of these titles are irrelevant because. There's nothing, there's no substance, there's no meaning within these matches or anything within anything at all, <laughs> you know? Right. It's yeah. just, it doesn't make sense when I'm hearing people praise the fuck out of Seth and this character over in WWE and like, oh my God, it's just like, guys, he's a good tech, he's a good wrestler, I get it, but can we, can we hold some fucking accountability can we read the fucking room? <laughs> I just, I don't understand, but that that's all I wanted to say, um, you know, in regards to that. So this whole TNT title just continues to be a fucking joke. We spoke heavily, Brian, about this whole championship. And, you know, if you guys want to hear more about our thoughts, just go back and watch previous freaking episodes, especially when we first started, because we have said, no, we have spoke very you know, just a lot of things about this freaking title. So if you want to go, because yeah. we're not going to waste our breath with it. We, 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 you guys know where we stand by it. So if you guys want to see that, if you guys are new, make sure you guys go check out those previous episodes. You'll, you'll get all of our takes and then some in regards to this title. But um, up next MJF or Tanahashi, uh, Kira Tanahashi 
challenges MJF at Forbidden Door. So a lot of these matches were set up for Forbidden Door. You had Jungle Boy set up a match for the IWGP World Heavyweight title. You have Brian Danielson setting up a match with somebody. You have freaking uh, freaking who else, man? Yes, I said Jungle Boy already. Obviously, MJF here. Um, uh, Omega with with Will Offspray. That's right. So that's so they did this throughout the rest of the night. Just set up these matches for this said card. So Tanahashi challenges MJF at Forbidden Door. The match is official, by the way. But MJF says, "Nah, not no can do, man. I'm not gonna do it. I will laugh if MJF just doesn't show up. I would, I would, I would freaking die. I would love that shit if MJF just doesn't show up for the match. That would just be fun. That would be the best thing out of the entire freaking show <laughs> if MJF just doesn't show up. He's like, dude, you really like he even said in the media scrum, like, do I have to show up at Forbidden Door? Like, it's just an indie fest, bro. Like, I'm not gonna waste my time. I fucking love it. If he, I wish, I hope to God he just doesn't and show up that would be fucking hilarious um so yeah there's that man um before we get into this uh what is up next oh god the a the women's title match yeah, Fuck sky man. blue and tony storm yeah um brian if you if if so if you have any thoughts in regards to this you know match or any matches at forbidden door that we've mentioned so far in the show yeah, any thoughts i, I mean about i that? don't really just i mean <sighs> I, you know, I don't obviously watch a lot of New Japan. I know all the wrestlers involved, and I've seen some of the work. But, yeah, like, like we've said, and even MJF in it, I mean, it's just a indie fest dream match thing. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't I don't have any thoughts about them. They're, yeah. they're going to be good matches. They're going to be entertaining, but mm-hmm. it, it just – no no story no so maybe maybe next nope. year they have a rematch like okay I don't know. <laughs> they're gonna have a rubber match you're gonna see kenny omega and offspray part three that's what you're gonna see right. next and year a, a year from now so it's a, a, yeah yeah next year is exactly right right exactly for next year um yeah. It, yeah it's just no i don't blame you brian for feeling that way um i really don't because that's all it is we said that at the top of the show and we'll say it now it's just a great match card with great wrestling matches and that's yeah. that's pretty much it Moving on, um, I guess you could say this is your co-main event. Um, this is for the AEW Women's title. This was Tony Storm versus Sky Blue. Why is Sky Blue getting a title match? I don't. Well, actually, I know why. She won a fatal four-way match on Rampage between Britt Baker, who was it, Nyla Rose, and somebody else that I'm forgetting. Maybe was it was it Sheeta or somebody? I'm not. Again, I'm not sure. Again, guys, this is how irrelevant Rampage is, and why I couldn't give a single fuck to watch because again, the numbers and the statistics prove otherwise. And again, guys, I keep up with Rampage. I know what's going on. Again, I just it's that it was that irrelevant and that you know freaking pointless to where I don't even remember a match freaking a week ago. And it to be, yeah. and I mentioned this too, Brian, like, I feel like that that's what a lot of these companies bank on. They, they bake on these freaking fans forgetting and like, Oh, we can make the excuse like, Oh, they don't remember this match between so-and-so and this person. Well, let's just have the match again. So we'll just give it to them again. And you know, that that's, yeah. and that's the, also the shit that they do. So Tony storm um, and sky blue match time was six minutes in length. Ruby Soho's at ringside sky blues. Mom was at ringside. She gets a freaking mouthful of spray paint at ringside. Um, sky blue uses spray paint of her own while the referee is distracted. She hits the code red, but the referee is still distracted with Ruby Soho. Um, Tony storm ends up winning the match 
via a Texas cloverleaf as Sky Blue taps out. Post-match, Willow Nightingale comes to the aid uh, for Sky Blue. Outcast retreat to the back or retreat up the rampway. And that's it. <laughs> Brian, just just go ahead. I literally have nothing. Guys, guys, yeah, I have yeah, nothing. Who, who, um, like, yeah, go ahead. Like, just go ahead, Brian. Go mean, ahead. It feels like Sky Blue has been in a lot of these type of matches, whether it's been against Tony Storm or Soraya or Jamie Hayter. Um, I mean, does she have a future in this business? I mean, yeah, she's young. She, you know, right now she, I mean, she's holding her own, but, uh, yeah, I I don't, yeah, I I just don't care. Um, and I guess now it's just setting up, uh, you know, Willow Nightingale is now, I can't remember what title she's holding over in New Japan, but I guess this will be a matchup for Bindor, Sky Blue, and Willow Nightingale against Storm and and maybe Ruby Riot, I guess, or Ruby Soho. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I guess that's where it's headed. I don't know. <laughs> oh, fuck. I mean... <laughs> Guys, like again, like I like I mentioned in uh, the the eight man tag early on. Like, what do people want me to say? I've come onto this microphone and come onto this freaking camera, and always talked about how I cannot stand the way that Tony Khan books this fucking women's division. If you noticed, Brian, like this is the only these. I think this is the only women's match or anything involving the women on this roster that was involved in this fucking show. Like, are we fucking serious? <laughs> right. I, I, I don't understand. Like, why have a women's division? Why have it? If this is what you have for, for your women's champion for sky blue for, for again, she's getting this title match and she loses. You're telling me now there's going to be a story of like what? To, to, to yeah. now add Willow Nightingale and listen, props to Willow Nightingale. She had a tremendous match with Mercedes Monet that she, you know, she won that, you know, strong and, and uh, new Japan pro wrestling, strong championship. Unfortunately, that match ended up, you know, kind of going haywire because of the injury to Mercedes, but she won the title and Hey, you know what props to her? Good for her. But like, where is the, where, where's the investment coming from? Like, where is the intrigue? I, I mean, I don't understand what the fuck Tony Khan says. Oh, let's uh, Tony Storm and Sky Blue in a six in a six minute match. Yeah, let's do it. Everybody else, just keep them in the back. Yeah, it fucking pisses me off. Like Jade Cardgill, Britt Baker. I understand Jamie Hayter's hurt. I get it. She's probably going through a legit injury. That's fine. Like, Britt Baker's nowhere to be found. Where's Thunder Rosa? Thunder Rosa walked into Tony Khan's office, and we haven't seen her fucking since. Like, what are we doing with these women? I I, I don't fucking get it. Like, Layla Hirsch, uh, freaking, again, like I mentioned with Jade Cardgill, freaking Sheeta. Like, what the fuck are we doing, bro? Yeah. This is why nobody gives a fuck about your women's division. And 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 it's and the WWE is no different. I, I mean, I spoke heavily about that on the Monday Night Raw review. You put in freaking Raquel and Shayna Baszler for not even two to three minutes, and you expect anybody to give a fuck. Yeah. It it's just makes no sense at all. I mean, guys, these are people 
I mean, and then there's going to once again be these schmucks. Oh, James, if you don't like it, well, then don't watch it. Hey, dipshit, I actually give a fuck about these people, rep, they're, they're, these guys or these women, excuse me, these women's reputations. I actually give a fuck, right? I give a fuck because they're trying to build a, a reputation, a career that, you know, they could be proud of, right? They're trying to build a resume and a, and a, and a, and a freaking reputation to be larger than life. That's what they're trying. You know what I'm saying? Again, I know that there's wrestlers back there that they just want to collect a paycheck and go home and that's fine. But for some of these people, they actually want to, they, they actually want to put on good shit, but their fucking boss is that fucking clueless. And he doesn't know what the fuck he's doing that. Like he doesn't know how to book a women's feud to save his goddamn fucking life. <laughs> and it pisses me off. I, I don't understand. And we just throw Matt and what's the easy way to just do it. Let's just throw a, a title match just to get some buzz, get some cheap fucking buzz. Oh, we got a women's title match. Oh, great. For a sky blue. Who the fuck that is. Oh, I don't, I, I don't blame you. <laughs> Freaking Willow Nightingale. Who is that? Exactly. So yeah. that's, that's all I got to say, Brian, your final thoughts before we get into the main event. I agree with you, man. I mean, I don't think outside of, Oh man, what would you even say was Britt Baker's best feud? Um, I don't know. She, if there's anybody that's had a relevant feud within the women's division, it's been Britt Baker. And yeah, yeah, maybe one legit feud. Outside of that, it's just been the last time I really cared about a women's. I mean, forget, forget a feud. I I honestly can't even think of a freaking. I I can't even really think of a feud to be quite honest with you. the last time I really got invested into a women's match in AEW was Britt Baker and Thunder Rosa in that steel cage. That was it. That, that's when the freaking that, that's when the freaking women's division took a major fucking blow. Was that right there? The, Britt Baker was your women's champion. She felt like a champion. She walked like a champion. She acted like a champion. Thunder Rosa and my, listen, much love to her. She, uh, no, she, she's expressed how many times, you know, how much she loves the business and how much care and effort she puts into it. Good for her. She seems like a sweetheart, but here's the problem with Thunder Rosa. She is so fucking inconsistent. There's one, there's nights where she's that, where she's, she's on it. And then there's nights where she is just flat out ugly. And that's just the truth, man. You know, th- there's no consistency with her and she gets injured. She has to relinquish that title and it has become a, a, complete fucking clown show with this title ever since then. Um, you know, Sheeta freaking had to bust her ass in the freaking pandemic era, holding that women's championship. I feel bad for her. And ever since she's lost that title, nothing about her has been fucking relevant has been, has everything about her has been freaking irrelevant. Yeah. Just, it's just, it's a shame, dude. It, It really is a shame. Like I, I just don't understand how nobody, like nobody's saying anything. People just want to go on Twitter and just say this show is tremendous. What the fuck is tremendous about a women's division that's not getting shit? That a, a TNT title match just thrown in the freaking blue. What is tremendous? What is great? Like, can we just say like, what? Where is the fr- where is the accountability? Yeah. Where is the freaking where's the standards? I mean, God damn it. Oh my God. Moving on. Let's just get to this main event. Cause I'm already sweating. I'm already freaking. And I'm, I see this wall behind me guys. I want to slam my fucking head through it. So let's just get to this main event here. 
Main event was the Elite versus the Blackpool Combat Club. Match time in length was 11 minutes total. Brian Danielson's on commentary. Not even 60 seconds in. Everybody's just flying around the fucking arena like they're airplanes. Um, the Bucks deliver a super kick party to the BCC, and Angman Adam Page wins the match via a buckshot lariat to Yuta, and the Elite get the W over the BCC. I'm going to get to that in just a second. Post-match, the BCC attack the Elite. You know, just again, they lose the match. So what are they, you know, what's the easy way to freaking do that? Let's just beat them up after the match to make them somewhat freaking dominant. However, Eddie Kingston, Eddie Kingston makes his return. Freaking again, another guy we can check off of the guys that we had on the freaking milk carton. Freaking Eddie Kingston. He's freaking here. He's on Dynamite Television. He shows up. He enters the ring to even up the odds. He lays out Claudio. He comes face to face with Mox. The, the Bucks are attacking Mox. Kingston pulls them off of Mox because, you know, the history and the friendship between Mox and Kingston. So they're trying to tell that. Um, Takeshka comes out. He blindsides Eddie Kingston. Pretty much lays out everybody else. Kenny Omega comes out. Again, guys, I'm not bullshitting. This is exactly what happened in the, in the span of two to three freaking minutes. Kenny Omega comes out, um, takes out Takeshka, um, and Will Ospreay blindsides Kenny Omega and takes out Kenny Omega to end the show. Brian Danielson, for some odd reason, is just still on commentary. Let me give this dude an applause. <laughs> what? <laughs> I, 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 I hope I'm not the only person that just found that weird. Like your 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 faction is getting their ass kicked. Freaking after the <laughs> they 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 got their ass kicked after the match. Like I just I I, I don't understand. Or they lost the match. Like you, I, I don't understand what the. The reaction from Danielson was just weird, guys. Let's just put it that way. Um, yeah, and that was it. So Will Offspray from New Japan, guys, on your Dynamite show is going off, is, is ending Dynamite and going off the air. Oh, but James, they're having the match at Forbidden Door. <sighs> you know, oh, so, 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 so here's the thing, right? So it's, 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 now you want to tell some semblance of a story between Omega and and Will Offspray, right? You, you, they they have a match once a year, and you want to tell some semblance of a story once a year, and just again, man, you know, casuals are just going to come onto the freaking are going to come onto this freaking network. They're going to come onto the TBS network and say, "Who's Will Offspray?" Exactly my point. That that's just it, man. You know, nobody knows. Casual fans do not know who this freaking guy is. And this company just expects you outside of a niche audience, just expect you to know who this freaking guy is. You know, sure. Me and you, Brian, know who he is. Yeah. AEW yeah. fans know who he is, but not everybody does. And that's the problem with this company. They just expect you to know who the fuck these guys are. And that's why you see AEW where they're at right now in the fucking shitter. Your thoughts, my man, on this. And I'm going to get more into this in just a second in regards to the match itself. But, Brian, I'll have you uh, have you express your thoughts about this main event. Um, I mean, I thought it was okay. It was an entertaining match. You know, kind of the normal stuff we've seen between the Elite and BCC. I mean, not much as, you know, it's you're going to get the same sort of matches between the two. Um, yeah, I tell you, I yeah. mean, I popped when when Kingston came out there, but I was short lived. Yeah, like, it was good to see him. <laughs> it really was. Like, you know, 
again, so you bring Kingston out there, Takeshita, Osprey, um, Omega. It just felt like with Kingston, let me say this about Kingston. Like, I'm a fan of Kingston. I want to see him back. You know, he came, he came out there, he took out Claudio, and, and I, there's real legit beef history between Claudio and, and Kingston. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. You know, him and Mox are friends, so there's there's that, you know, kind of face-off. But then Takeshita takes him out, and then he's just gone. Yep. So I'm, I, I, I'm willing to bet that that you won't see you won't see Kingston for a while. That was just a – I don't know why he came out there. Um, oh, Brian, don't say is. that to me. <laughs> but I'll also say that, look, Kingston isn't known for his physique necessarily. Yeah. And I, I'd venture to say that, I mean, he looks like he, he's even put on some more pounds since last time we've seen him. It does, yeah. Mm-hmm. And – yeah. You know, I, I want to see him. I, I want to see him in matches. But, again, if you're uh, – some people are anomalies. He's kind of one of them. You know, like a, a a Bam Bam Bigelow or, I mean, the guy is freakishly heavy but could do – was incredibly agile, you know. Um, with Kingston, I mean, I just <laughs> – eventually that's going to catch up to him because he, he just – you can't put on 10, 15, 20-minute matches in that – granted, I don't know his cardio or whatever, and I'm sure he, he can, I'm sure he can outlast me, damn sure. But in a professional wrestling match with other elite athletes, uh, I don't know, man. Um, yeah. So that's just what I'll say about Kingston. I, I want to see him, you know, <clears throat> get in shape, get better, be in matches, be in promos. Because I like the dude. Mm-hmm. Um, that being said, the rest of it, I mean, Takeshita coming out there, and then, yeah, Omega and Os- Osprey. Uh, okay. I mean, it just seemed like too much. Um, yeah. You know. You throw you throw everybody out there in one yeah. segment. That's what it was, bro. That's what it was. Um, and so, yeah, I don't know where they're going. Like, are you, are you bringing Eddie Kingston into the story? I mean, obviously, Takeshita is already loosely involved in it with Don Callis. Right, Caleb. that's, yeah. You I, got the Osprey Omega thing. So, yeah, it was just kind of all over the place. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, and I already spoke about the Will Offspray stuff. I mean, listen, I know Will Offspray. I know how talented he is. Is he is he a guy that I would put on my top five wrestlers freaking list of all time, or at least in my history of watching wrestling? No, guys, I'm sorry, no. Um, is he good? Does he have potential? Absolutely. But again, for, for he's just like not acrobatic death defying shit. Sure. He's in your top, that's five. Right. Exactly. top five professional yeah. wrestler. That's yeah, no, that's, and that's exactly where yeah. Will Offspray lies, you know? Yeah. And listen, if you, and, and I love the fact how you just, you're just setting up matches, right. Between new Japan and AW, this forbidden door. And then the, and now, <laughs> and you, the way you tell some semblance of a of a of a match leading up to a pay per view is having all of these motherfuckers just thrown into this segment, and to end the segment, it's Will Offspray beating up Kenny Omega. It's just again, man, yeah. it just doesn't make sense how this is going to connect with everyone else outside of your niche audience. I don't understand it. Right? Um, like you got to give us a fucking reason 
for people to connect to Will Offspray, or maybe this did. I, I don't know, but it's just to me, it's just you know, it's like because especially for the even for the niche audience, like you've already seen this match. Like, what else are you going to see that's different? You know what I'm it's saying? Like, I, I don't understand what's going to be that much better than when they first re- and they, trust me, the first time they wrestled, it was damn solid. It was pretty freaking good, which yeah. I expected it to be. It's not shocking to me. But I'm gonna watch this this second match, and what am I expecting to get? What, what am I expecting anything different? You know, um, who, who uh, Omega won the first match, right? Yes, yeah. yes, he did. So mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, Osprey's winning this match, um, mm-hmm. and they're gonna have a third match next one. year. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's, that's exactly that's what, what they're. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So look, we'll 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 talk more about offspray and 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 everything else next week. We'll 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 dive more into that. But I, I want to get into this match itself and Eddie Kingston as well. It was damn good to see Eddie Kingston. Yeah. Um, and I agree, he definitely looks like he put on a few lbs. Definitely, as I saw him into the ring. So that is kind of a little bit concerning. But you know, you know. But I digress. I'll 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 leave it at that. But the BCC losing to the Elite in eleven minutes. I don't like that. I don't like it one fucking bit at all because keep in mind, Brian, these two went to fucking war for almost over 30 minutes in a stadium stampede. And now, and how you continue that momentum is in a traditional six man tag and they're losing in 11 minutes. Are you fucking kidding me? They're, they're losing in an 11. They went, these two same teams just went to war and this same team is beating the BCC in 11 fucking minutes. What are we doing? I don't like that shit at all. It makes no fucking sense. It's just like you had again with the BCC, man. I've this was what I was freaking hoping to God this was not going to happen. That their momentum was going to get derailed because and here and here it is. They're losing in an eleven minute match against a team that they face in a fucking stampede in a stadium st- or or not a stampede. It was a anarchy in the arena. Excuse yeah, me, anarchy yeah. in the arena match, like. What the? F- I I don't understand how this helps the the BCC at all. It's just like okay, you couldn't you you beat them at freaking you beat them in anarchy in the arena for thirty minutes, and now you're losing to them in freaking in eleven minutes in a traditional tag. Like, what sense does that fucking make? So I don't like that at all. Um, because what? So now you're gonna and here's the thing too, Brian. Eddie Kingston. So now Eddie Kingston is going to get involved. You added Takeshka into this. Keep in mind, guys, we don't even know. Like, and I like the fact that Takeshka has this new attitude. It was needed. He has this thing with Don Callis, and I think it's pretty solid. And I think it could be special. But we still haven't even scratched the surface of why Takeshka and Don Callis did what they did to Omega. He's just like, oh, you just took everything. He just see the last two weeks. He keeps repeating the same thing. You took everything away from me. You wouldn't be the you wouldn't be the Kenny Omega if it wasn't for me. Okay, we get that, motherfucker. Why? Like what? Like what? Like we we need to know what? Like are you joining the BCC? Like what's your relationship with the Blackpool Combat Club? Are you right. joining them? Are you not? Are you doing your own shtick? These are questions that need to be fucking answered. And if they're not, then it just leaves fans just fucking confused when you keep holding it off week after week after week after week. Right. So yeah, Takeshka's doing this stick. That's cool. And he's involved in this, whatever this even is. But again, we don't even know. We're just confused because they're not telling the story. 
They're not telling the story. What, you know, is he joining the BCC? Is he not joining the BCC? Where does Don Callis stand with all of this? We don't fucking know. Yep. And, and you would think we would know by now. Okay, I understand the first week. He didn't want to give anything away. He didn't want to give away the story. That's fine. But now we're what, Brian, now? It's been what since that steel cage match with Mox? I want to say about three weeks now? I say three weeks to a month. About I mean, three weeks? You would think that we yeah. would get, we would start to progress things now. But right. we're not. We're in the same boat as we were in three weeks ago. Guys, that's not my opinion. That's a fucking fact. We're, yeah. we're, we're not, we're not getting, we're not making this story with Takeshka and Don Callis turning on Omega. We're, we're not making it any better. We're just staying the same. Yeah. That's not progressing a story. Takeshka going out there looking dominant for a couple of seconds and then getting, and then getting laid out by Omega is not doing anything. And adding Eddie Kingston into this. Okay. It's great to see Eddie Kingston. But what is he going to do? So he's going to, right. That's exactly, exactly my point. Why? Like I thought Takeshka was supposed to be the man involved. So now Eddie Kingston's going to get involved. How many motherfuckers need to we, we do we need to add into this guys? How many fucking people? So, so if Takeshka would kind of be in some loose affiliation with the BCC to me, Kingston doesn't fit with the elite. Like if he's going to be there, like for backup for the elite, right? It just doesn't because he has that relationship with Mox. Right. He has really no relationship. Like so, what are we, like what are we doing here, man? Yeah. I, I don't understand. If you want to tell a story between Mox and Kingston, I am all bored. Yep. But guess what? I said the same thing about Guevara and, and Jericho. I said the same thing about Jericho and Adam Cole. I'm going to say the same thing right now. If you want to tell that feud between those two. Keep them as just two fucking people. That's yeah. it. I don't need to see Takeshka, Omega, Will Offspray, the the Bucks. I don't need to see them all in that one segment to to for you to tell me some semblance of a story that oh they were staring at each other. You know Eddie Kingston was pulling them up. Okay, that's great. But why are we adding all of these motherfuckers into this fucking situation? It yeah. makes no sense it's just a clusterfuck man just tell the story between wrestler a and wrestler b that's it i don't i don't need anything else just the same thing with the team bro just give me two members of a team and two other members of a team if you want to throw maybe one other person that could be a deciding factor like the like mark briscoe was with ftr and jay lethal and jeff jarrett i am all bored man but don't just become a fucking circus and just throw in Will Offspray, Kenny Omega, and all of these freaking people, you know. And if listen, El Will James, he has the BCC, so you know Eddie Kingston also has to have some people. I understand that dipshit. But here's the thing: if you want to tell the story between just Omega, or excuse me, just Eddie Kingston and, and Mox, then you can do that. You know what, John Moxley, you could tell the story like, listen, guys, like you know. I, I, I love the fact that you guys have my back. I know you guys have my back, but I need to take care of this on my own because jo that's what John Moxley would do. That's right. the type of fucking dude he is. I, I need to do this on my own. Like yep. you guys, you know, stay in the back, stay whatever. I need to handle this on my own. And you can tell the story with just Mox and Kingston, bro. It yep, doesn't take totally. fucking, it, it doesn't take fucking rocket science to figure this shit out. Yeah. But yet we throw a bunch of motherfuckers in there for what? To get TV time? Oh, great. You know, we forgot that you're on the, t we forgot that you were on the freaking roster here on TV. Oh, it's great to see you. Okay. See you again in three weeks. Bye. <sighs>
Brian, your final thoughts, man. I got that's that's all I got, man. Your final thoughts. I mean, so ultimately, um, it was a, I, I've I've thought a good opening to the show and ultimately a good ending to the show. Although I, I wouldn't yeah, have done I mean, it exactly the same way. Mm-hmm. But in between, um, yeah, a whole lot of nothing. Um, Absolutely, yeah. And even even when I say like, yeah, it was, it, you know, we praised the match between MJF and Cole. It was a great match. Um, mm-hmm. But when I say that, and even again at the end, it, it's great. It's you know a pop for Kingston coming back in. That all that stuff is fine and great, but you're not telling stories, and that's mm-hmm. that's that's the rub on it. Is is man like as great as as MJF and Cole was, and and the the crowd involvement, the crowd manipulations, in ring psychology. Yep, it's all Absolutely. great. But it diminishes. It's diminished because you're not really investing in it. Mm-hmm. You're not telling a story. You're not building a character. You're not building a story. You're you're just you're just out there week to week, or maybe a two three week thing where these people are in a feud, and then it's on to the yeah. next one. And you're not. <sighs> yeah. Now that that's Ryan, you know with AEW. You, right? Yeah, right you, you, you know you know those uh, you know those video games, Brian, like SmackDown versus Raw video games. Like you'll just set up exhibition matches. <laughs> like oh, like let me pick my favorite freaking wrestler. Oh, I'm yeah. gonna pick freaking uh, I'm gonna pick freaking Triple H. And I'm gonna pick freaking uh, I'm gonna pick freaking the Undertaker, right? I'm gonna put them in the setting of wrestling. It's good. Oh, this is gonna be a banger of a match. Oh, this is gonna be cool. I get to control the character. That's what this shit is, bro. Yeah. That they're just exhibition freaking matches that lead to nothing. They're right. just video games. Undertaker and Triple H so good. Why was Undertaker and Shawn Michaels so good? There they you go, man. They had a Hell in a Cell at Mania. That's not why. Yeah. It's because of the fucking mm. story. Because of everything leading up to it. Exactly, yeah. man. See, freaking people like Brian and people like, and, I'm sure, and I know there's a lot of people, especially, you know, in our community that freaking understand where we're coming from. And if you guys are somebody that's coming across this platform for the first time, I understand there's times where we may come off as harsh or just as assholes or whatever you want to call us, but we just call shit like it is, man. We may like something, right? But that, but that's just that's just what it is. You just like something. That's your personal preference, right? But then I also talk about we also talk about the facts, right? There's times where we need to talk about what is working and what is not working outside of our personal yeah. opinions and our personal, you know, you know what we our, like. Our biases, yeah. Our biases, right? Our personal biases, our personal yeah. preferences. So, and that's just what it is, man. Like, I'm not just gonna come onto this platform. And just say, oh, I like MJF and Adam Cole. So this was great, right? There's nothing. I'm not going to, I'm not going to hold this company accountable. I'm just going to say everything that was great. I'm just going to give it, you know, freaking 10,000 stars and and freaking go to the next match. Right. (laughs) Right. I'm not going to do that, man. I'm just, I'm not, I'm not a bitch. I'm not a freaking Mark. I'm not a fucking, I'm not, I'm not a bitch boy freaking break. I'm not dude. I'm a yeah. dude that calls the shit out like it is, as well as Brian here. We call the shit out the way it needs to be called out because the shows, these shows, WWE or AEW, they suck. They are horrible. Mostly, yeah. They are not accomplishing anything long term. Yeah. That is the problem. And, and we have this platform to voice out our frustrations to help to want to see this company get better. But if there's fucking people out there that want to defend this shit, 
then you know what the company's going to do? They're going to continue to fucking do it. And that's the problem. So, but to recap this all, you know, Brian, just, you know, yes, good start to the show or good start to the show. I should say the match, even though there's a lot of negatives with that outside of a really good solid wrestling match from MJF and Adam Cole to start the show. You really got nothing. Yeah, there was really nothing. Um, and you know, it's just for four years, man, we've been, we've been patient with AEW. We've been wanting to see where AEW is going to end up. And I'm telling you guys this right now, and I'm not saying this to be mean, I'm not saying this to be negative, but don't be shocked if AEW, whether it's five years from now, 10 years from now, whenever that time is, don't be shocked if AEW winds up in the same barrel as WCW out of fucking business. That's just it, man. Could That's happen. It. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yep, exactly. Thank you guys once again for tuning in to another episode of Rootless Talk. Brian, once again, it is so good to have you back. Good Appreciate back. you having back on the channel. Appreciate you having back on the platform. Make sure you guys stay tuned. Uh, that SmackDown review this weekend is up in the air because your boy is going to be out of town. I will do the best I can to make sure I will be available uh, to have a review for SmackDown when that is what time of the day that's going to be. Uh, Make sure you stay tuned to find out again, make sure you hit that notification bell. So that way you don't miss an episode, but I will, you know, keep everybody posted in regards if there will be a show. So make sure you guys stay tuned for that. Like I said, I will try to do the best I can um, to, you know, to have a review for that Saturday. Cause you know, Roman Reigns, you guys know the tribal chief, man, freaking, you know, that, you know, when Roman Reigns is in the building, you know, something juicy is going to happen. So God forbid I freaking miss that and leave you guys hanging uh, with, without, without that review. So, but make sure you guys stay tuned for that. Um, and make sure you guys continue to follow up for more episodes as well as join our social medias. Make sure you follow or join our Facebook group as well as follow our Instagram and TikTok. That is ruthless underscore talk. We made a lot of content over there. We create a lot of fun content, um, over on those two platforms. We are well over now 800 followers on Instagram. We are now, I believe we're right on the cusp of 250 followers on TikTok. Um, so just tr- nice. tremendous, unbelievable freaking stuff, man. Again, I said it the last episode, I feel like a broken record for how I feel about, you know, the amount of, uh, you know, just the amount of people that we, the amount of members and, you know, that, that we, that we've been drawing in over the past few, two months. Cause every time guys, you click on that follow button, you click on that join button on our Facebook, Facebook group. You guys are a part of this freaking community, this community. Every time you guys watch an episode, you guys are a part of this ruthless talk community. We are building a community. We are building an empire full of wrestling fans that everybody can just be proud of. So for that, we can't thank you guys enough. So make sure you guys stay tuned for more content and for more episodes to come. Brian, your final thoughts, my man, before we end this. Uh, yeah, man. Um, the overall state of wrestling. Yeah. It's as we've talked about outside of, a. Uh, you know, one, two stories and maybe a handful of wrestlers. It's, it's mostly garbage. Um, uh, I I just don't know what to say about it anymore. I mean, obviously times have changed. Things are different, whatever, but I mean, just going back and I know, again, we speak about biases and I have my own, but if I just go back to like late eighties through the nineties, I mean, it, it always felt like, um, stars were being made you know what there was there was stars on top but then you you always had stars coming up i mean that's how that's how we got Shawn michaels and bret hart and stone cold and the rock and triple h and you know all these people um it just 
I, I don't know why. And, and the way it, the way it happened is not because these people had. Bret Hart may be arguably the greatest wrestler I've ever seen in ring. I didn't like him because he was so technically proficient. I liked him because of his character. I wanted to watch his matches because of his character. And if you don't have that in wrestling, I don't know, man. You can. Have, you're not going to succeed, if, man. Yeah, you're, you're not. You're just not I mean, going if, to. If you're, if everybody's happy with being at a million. 500,000, 800,000, and that's just where we are. Okay, I guess that's what it is. But we've seen it be so much better. It can be so much better. And like I said, it's it's not like anybody has to reinvent the wheel here. It's This is... Yeah. You can take the same formula from wrestling, from any dramatic, episodic TV show, any movie. It's It's basically the same fucking formula. Make you exactly. care about the characters. That's why yeah. you like the movie. That's why you like the show. Mm-hmm. And more times than not, Absolutely. they're just not doing that in, in either company. Um, yeah. So I don't know, man. I mean, I guess uh, <laughs> it, it can only go up, right? It can only get better. I mean, I, can, can it get worse? I, I, I hope not. <laughs> I think we've said that a lot of times with this, with both of these companies. Like we think, we, we think it couldn't get worse and then it just continues to get freaking worse. Yeah. So who freaking knows, man. But, you know, at the end of the day, you know, we, we watch this show because out of two things, right? Habit and hope. That's pretty yeah. much it. We, we have it because we've been doing it for so long as kids watching this, this industry. And we too had a hope to hope that this shit gets better. But yeah. the way it gets better is that we voice out and we express not just from our opinions, but factually stating of what's going on in the business and why it is doing or why things need to be need to be done in order to be better for things in the wrestling industry to get better. So, but that's it, man, you know, have it and hope yeah. that's at that, at the end of the day, Brian, that's all we got. So thank you guys for tuning into this episode. That's going to do it for today's episode. Everybody. My name is James Porcelli. I'm Brian Thomas. And your boys are signing off. Saying salute. Peace out. And take care, everybody.